Blog Talk Radio.
We thank you for the challenges that are in uh, and a major part of our lives. We praise you for um, uh, all the trials and tribulations and um, also helping us to be able to adjust to things that we feel initially, at least for the first, um, we'll just call it a period of time that we have to go through them, um, that uh, they, they seem like they're they're not overcomable, if there is such a word. And um, and then, you know, we take it on as a challenge, I hope, at least some of us do. Uh, I'm trying to. And then we uh, work through it. You know, we work through it as best as we can, and we pray through it as best as we can, and we just keep on pushing through, pushing through, praying through, and uh, keeping our, our heads up and looking up because our redemption draws nigh, watching the things that are unfolding across the world that are highly supernatural, and um, also uh, the things that are not quite as supernatural, but are clearly to us in our human fleshy form, uh, moving at a pace that is uh, incredibly slow. And it, and, it, and of course, that adds a burden to us, uh, you know, a burden that makes things a lot more challenging to deal with. But nevertheless, Father, we praise you because we know that your mercy, you know, you're, you do not want one to perish and that you are looking to bring in the, the fullness of the Gentiles, whatever, however many that is, and awaken as many people as, as possible. Possible. And we see those people, I do, uh, see those people awakening, um, maybe maybe ever so slowly, but nevertheless, we see progress being made in people that otherwise would not have a, even acknowledged that things are very biblical nowadays. Um, they're waking up and they are uh, changing. And we see those changes. They may not be monumental. They may not be throwing themselves at the foot of the cross uh, in, in, in the front of a church, you know, um, going through a life-changing 
uh, salvation moment. But, Father, uh, we are seeing people awakening to the things that are happening around the world today and uh, and 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 um, uh, relating them back to things that are exceedingly end times like and biblical and spiritual in their nature, uh, regardless of how they um, uh, express them, uh, we can see them making note of them. And um, it, it becomes pretty exciting because we realize, Father, it is very much like we used to talk about five, six, seven, eight years ago, where we would use the analogy of a plane sitting on the tarmac, uh, getting ready to take off, and people um, running to the jetway or, or the uh, if you will, the um, stairs that are leading up to the entryway to the plane. And for us to be standing at the top of the plane nearby the, the doorway yelling, hurry, run, run as fast as you can. And, Father, we just praise you because so many more are clearly going to make it that wouldn't otherwise. Um, it's exactly what we anticipated would, would happen. Definitely not, at least not for me, uh, in the uh, you know fashion that it's happening right now. Certainly not in the slow that's happening right now. Uh, but nevertheless, we see it unfolding. We see so many people changing their lives and becoming aware of the things that are going on and realizing that they are biblical in nature. And that is, bar none, the first step to getting them where they need to be uh, to be able to make it in whatever capacity that they're going to make it, but they'll make it. And that is what's really important. And Father, now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So here we are. It's Wednesday, January the 17th, and uh, we're here. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, after last night, um, that's that's an epiphany. That's a major, major statement for me because, um, I don't know, I've been trying to downshift back in from uh, my, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it, um, I could say punishing my body, but that's not what I wanted to ch- – that's not the best choice of words. Um, burdening my body? Nope, not the right choice of words. Um, but anyway, I'm trying to downshift myself in, uh, from uh, a really, really successful run uh, with my uh, super low-carb keto um, lifestyle um, that I blew out the window during Christmas. And I'm trying, I've been trying since the beginning of January to shift myself back over uh, to uh, that, that lifestyle again, uh, getting myself down really super low carbs, you know, under 20 carbs. Um, and, um, and also, you know, weaving in, you know, I have to start with the under 20 carbs and then I have to weave in slowly uh, the 16 by 8 fast. Now, um, but anyway, it just... It hasn't been a smooth sailing thing for me um, this round. Um, I don't really understand why, and I'm not going to try to figure it all out because I just don't have – I don't have the mental capacity. I don't understand how everything works. I don't understand why – you know, I just don't know why. So I'm just um, kind of going with the flow, making adjustments, uh, you know, uh, trying to get back to where I was. But, um, well, quite frankly, it's just not going that well. So anyway, um, uh, last night I hit an all-time low in my energy level. And, of course, when you hit, uh, when that happens, it translates, your body translates that all-time low in energy into a, you know, you, you look at it as depression. You, you know, at least I do. Now, there's, you know, and there's a lot of material out on the Internet that talks about this, you know, when your energy levels are extremely low, um, and, you know, and you're sitting there at 6 o'clock p.m. in the evening time, and you're just like, you're ready to go sound asleep. I mean, literally sound asleep. And you know, if you do, you're in big trouble because you'll be awake at 11 o'clock p.m. And then you'll be sitting there from 11 to 12 to 1 to 2, you know, completely wide awake. And that's a dangerous place to be, you know, when you have to work the next day, because what you're going to end up doing, at least I will, because, you know, I'm just that kind of a meathead. Um, uh, I'll go over and I'll take some kind of a sleep aid, you know, like a um, whatever, you know, like um, uh, I don't remember what they call it, but not, you know, we'll call it the ZZ quilt uh, treatment. Um, anyway, so long story short, I forced myself to stay up. Uh, really, boy, did I have to push. I had to push really, really, really hard last night to be able to keep myself up to about 9:30, and then I surrendered and went to bed and of course reluctantly too because mentally I had to face you know the day um, and that's hard to do of course because I had a three-day weekend because my company had MLK day off which is great for me you know I always like to have that three-day weekend but um, but anyway it, it played a little bit of havoc on, on my mind and now um, I feel a lot better now and uh, praise God for that so thank you Jesus all right so anyway um, I wanted to go ahead and uh, kick the program off real quick, just real quick, take a, you know, a a, a small break and mention a couple of things. Okay. So uh, one of those things I wanted to mention was that there were a number of people, not a huge number, but some that were very interested in the hydroxychloroquine. 
okay, and um, some of them had expressed uh, sadness uh, because the hydroxychloroquine was no longer available. All right, now I'm double-checking my browser. Yep, 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 things are changing faster than I can keep up with, and that's very normal. Uh, Yep, and that's – okay, there we go. Thank you. Okay, so – huh, that's weird. Okay, so whatever. Uh, hold on a second. I'm getting communications from people I'm not expecting to hear from. So anyway, um, uh, so for let's get back on track on the hydroxychloroquine. So first and foremost, uh, hydroxychloroquine, boom, enter. And the name of the organization is Ferris Labs, F-A-R-R-I-S, Laboratories, comma, Inc. Ferris, F-A-R-R-I-S, Laboratories, comma, Inc. And they now have it back in stock. Okay, so I went there to see if they had it, um, and they did. So I went to visit our store from my little link. I typed in uh, hydroxychloroquine, and sure enough, it popped right up there. And they, um, here, I'll do a little search here just to verify that it's still there. And sure enough, uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, sulfate tablets, 200 milligrams each, 100 100 in the bottle for $69.95, which, by the way, is a really good price. Um, And it'll last you for a really long time. If you do a minimal minimal amount of traveling uh, and you want to use it as a daily pill like they do over in Africa to protect them from malaria, which is, you know, that's what they call it, the daily pill. They carry them around in their pocket and they take one a day to prevent themselves from getting malaria. So it's a, it's, it's a prophylaxis. It prevents you from getting certain very dangerous uh, virus-based, uh, viral-based uh, contagions. Um, so anyway, I'm glad to have it because I've got to make that forced, forced um, involuntary trip to you know where on February 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. And I'm, I want to be able to take one of those a day um, when, I'm, when I'm getting on the plane and all that other stuff, especially with this disease X nonsense going on out there and all the screaming and freaking out that's going on. Let me tell you something. Folks are very, very sensitive. It's understandable. If they're not believers, they're they're not going to be in a good place when they, you know, if they're awake and they're red pill takers, but they're not believers, they're in a very, very scary place. They don't have Jesus to fall back upon. So to them, their life, what they have thus far on this earth, that's it. They have nothing else to fall back upon. So to them, the idea of a disease X being released or talked about or, uh, you know, having, a, you know, this catastrophic contagion tabletop exercise that's been around now for several months, you know, to have all of these rumors flying about, you know, the uh, the, the serious measles outbreak, um, uh, that's what they're calling it. They're saying that it's exceedingly da- dangerous, exceedingly communicable at the Dulles Air Force. Uh, uh, airport, which is like the world's worst airport ever. Um, but anyway, they're saying that that's a big concern. Um, so what happens is you end up with a whole bunch of red pill uh, people out there, people that are on 500 milligram red pills, maybe some even hit a thousand milligrams perhaps. Um, but the problem is they don't know Jesus. So they're still stick stuck in this rut where they're holding on to their life on this earth for dear life. And um, they're scared. 
They are genuinely horrified at the idea of another release of another pandemic of another whatever disease X is the new terminology that they're using right now. As a matter of fact, evidently, uh, China has been uh, dorking around again. Uh, now, is it actually China? Is it funded by some really creepy entity, some reptilians out of the United States coming from, you know, Fort Dix and all the other originators that uh, were behind the uh, COVID thing? Probably so. Probably so. Uh, you know, the bioweapon uh, onslaught uh, that, you know, what was it, 25 or 30 different bioweapons labs that were discovered in the Ukraine alone? I mean, that's just the Ukraine. I saw a documentary that, that had them that identified bioweapons labs all over the world. And it showed you, the, you know, it took you to them. It actually took you to them and filmed them and showed you some in Brazil and some in here and some in there and, you know, that kind of thing. And you got, a, you got this impression. What was an impression? It was a fact that they are essentially all over the place, all over the world. So the 25 or 30 that they found in the Ukraine uh, via because of the denazification that is going on uh, at the hands of Russia – uh, is, uh, you know, horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But when you see the documentary that's out there, if you can find it, I don't know if they still have it out there or if it's been censored. But um, it, when I watched it, I was blown away. I mean, I was truly blown away at, this, at the sheer number and the sheer number of countries that have level four biohazard laboratories where they're working on exceedingly sinister um, bioweapons, you know? So anyway, um, uh, so the people that are taking the, you know, maybe they're, all, they're only up to a 600 mil milligram red pill. Maybe they're only up to an 800 milligram red pill. But if they don't have Jesus, they're in a bad way. They're freaking out. And I see a lot of that on my, what I like to call my finely tuned Twitter feed. Um, people are wigging. Okay, so if somebody posts something about disease X, and right now the, 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 it, it, it is what they're calling it, uh, they're, they're saying that in China, okay, so again, we're, I, I think that by now we're all used to what we would refer to as partial truths. Okay, so we'll call, you know, that's because that's what they are. They're partial truths. Okay, and in, in, in the world of partial truths, it's very, very difficult to sort out how much of it is true versus how much of it is made up, how much of it is fake news, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, um, so anyway, um, you know, when, uh, but the storyline as it um, is being presented at this moment in time, without any of the backstory, is that there are entities in China that are working on what they are referring to as disease X. <clears throat> and what's most troubling about disease X is that in the – now, they, they use this term, and I don't understand this term, but they call them humanized mice. Now, what is a humanized mice or mouse? I don't know what that means. All right. However, that's what they're calling them. And they are saying that this disease X, when it's injected into a group of humanized mice, is 100% fatal. It causes a viral outbreak in the brain of the mouse, and the mouse drops over dead pretty quick. Okay, so, of course, that's sending a 
uh, lightning bolt of uh, horrific fear across uh, the you know the people that are hearing about it on uh, you know in social media. Now you're not going to be hearing about it on tw- uh, YouTube. You're not going to be hearing about it on uh, Instagram. You're not going to be hearing about it on Facebook. You're not going to be hearing about it on any of the places that are controlled by the uh, you know censorship uh, industrial complex as uh, the uh, Republican um, GOP um, investigators were calling it during the Twitter files release. Uh, during the testimonies of the FBI agents that were approached and had their lives ruined because they didn't join up with the J6 dynamic, all that kind of creepy weirdness. Uh, so you can call it whatever you want to, but they were calling it the censorship industrial complex. I think that's a pretty darn good name for it. And um, yeah, I, you know, uh, what does that mean? Is that the next thing that they're going to release upon us? See, all I can say is that the tabletop exercise that they did about six to eight, probably closer to eight months ago at this point. Let me see. It's January. No, no, it's probably about six months ago. Um, they um, in, in that particular scenario, um, they uh, were calling it Sears, S-E-E-R-S, something respiratory virus, and they were saying it targeted specifically children and that the morbidity rate was approximately 65%. So 65% of the children that got it died. That's pretty horrible. Okay. Now, 100%, that's really scary. And it, and um, evidently, the disease X, you know, the, the rundown on that is that it's not you know, it's not going after just children. It's not going after just Chinese people. It's not going after Mongolians. It's, you know, it's, it's going after everybody. Um, so people are pretty flipped out about it right now. And, um, you know, and you have to wonder to yourself how much of that is a, you know, hey, hey, slight a hand, you know, look over here, look over here, disease X. Oh, no, 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 don't look over there. Look over here, you know, look over here. And, you know, they, they're, they, you know, these entities, these reptilians, they, that's part of their modus operandi. They love to distract us, okay? And that's one of the reasons why I enjoy bringing on uh, Brother Robert Vandrius Mitchell because he brings a very unique um, viewpoint to the program that we would not have otherwise. He was the first one. I, you know, uh, gr- granted, it is a little bit like you know talking about world events and and talking about um, uh, you know uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, current events. It's quite a bit of. It's almost like a, a current events conversation. But what's interesting in, in talking to Robert is that he leaks out information that we didn't realize, or at least I didn't realize, uh, such as when he originally, gosh, this must have been about three years ago, told us all that Pence, you know, Mike Pence was a shapeshifter and that he had seen him shapeshift into a reptilian at, uh, uh, you know, blood sacrifice ceremonies, satanic ritual ceremonies. And I, I remember the first time he said that I was, I was absolutely completely blown away. In fact, I was having a hard time believing him. Um, because I kept thinking to myself, now Mike Pence is, you know, he's, he's uh, pawned off to the American people as this, you know, fine Christian representative, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then he's telling me, telling everybody that he was a shapeshifter, that he saw him shapeshift. So that completely threw me. It threw me down, and I was like, going, no way, for real." So um, I, I, that's one of the things I really treasure about having Robert on the program, is that we get, you know, the, the, it leaks out. You know, we might be, you know, telling a few jokes, laughing about this, discussing, you know, what the possibilities are that this, that, or the other thing is going to happen or whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's not uncommon with Robert to have some tidbit of information come out that 
no one has ever said before publicly. And I, I love that. I love that. I want to know, I want to be ahead. I want to, you know, I want to be ahead of, of, of the rest of the world. Um, you know, those, uh, the Christian radio shows that are out there that are doing a wonderful thing for Jesus and just awakening people to the end times, uh, just by virtue of, of talking up all of the events that are occurring across the world with whoever they have as their guest on the show, praise God for them. Um, th- that's their thing. That's their calling. Praise Jesus for every single one of them that are doing their jobs like that. That's great. That's not Tribulation Now's calling. Tribulation Now's calling is to go where no man has gone before. Our calling is to talk about exceedingly advanced things. You know, scriptures in the Bible that nobody else can explain, understanding that there are multiple universes, understanding that there are multiple dimensions, that there are trillions of life forms, that there is a portal in the uh, Orion Nebula, that it's the whole reason why God put in the book of Job, can you loose the belts of Orion, can you guide the sons of Arcturus? A lot of people don't put any thought into that, and that's okay. There's nothing, nothing at all wrong, and I cannot emphasize this with the greatest emotion. There is, I can't lean into it hard enough. There is nothing wrong with thinking that the world is shaped like, uh, you know, a triangle. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with thinking that um, all the stars in the firmament of heaven are there just to be pretty. If that's what you want to believe, that's fine. It's okay. It's definitely not a subject or a uh, whatever that brothers and sisters in Christ should be getting a bee in their bonnet over. It shouldn't be separating us. If one person wants to believe one, if, if someone wants to believe that all aliens are demons, so be it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Not a problem. It took me years. I even, I used to go out and uh, print up uh, t-shirts. They were green. They had a picture of like a gray and then, uh, and you know, something else on it with a big, you know, like a uh, uh, sign over the top of it, you know, an X over the top of it and it said aliens or demons. And I used to actually wear them to AMC theaters uh, to uh, capture the attention of the people that were in the theater during, uh, you know, an, uh, you know, a sci-fi movie. So, again, I went through a very long phase of probably more than two or three years. I don't know how, how long for sure where I actually did believe that all 100 percent of all aliens were other. And, I, and let me be clear. An alien to me is anything that is not indigenous to the Earth. But you have to understand that the people that believe that that all um, aliens are fallen angels that are indigenous to the earth and that they've always been here and they're interdimensional in their nature. A lot of them actually believe that those fallen angelic beings, you know, they, they believe that the spaceships are a dupe. They believe that the motherships are a fake. They believe that they're essentially a, some kind of an inter- interdimensional transportation device. And that's okay. Again, it's not something to get to, you know to get offended about or to divide over or whatever the case is. Um, you know, it, it, you can stop right there. If if the person wants to leave the earth is shaped this way or that way or whatever, the only thing we really want to be asking ourselves is: Is this particular topic going to lead somebody to the pit? And if that's the answer, if the answer is that this topic is going to lead someone to hell, to hellfire, if it's promulgated, if it's communicated, then you got a problem. Then you got a serious problem. 
So there are certain subjects that are kind of taboo on this program, and when we do bring guests on, we let them know. Uh, Sister Nancy does a fabulous job in the uh, radio show invitation emails of letting them know that we're very anti-gun here. We are all about Jesus. Uh, if you want to be perfect, sell everything that you got, to, um, you know, uh, give it to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. Well, that's Jesus' way to say, follow me to Golgotha. Okay, we're, we're not supposed to, I, man, I could go, I could do a teaching that would be three hours long just on Romans 12 that would prove time over and over and over again that we are sheep led to the slaughter just like the Bible says. At no point does it say pull out a submachine gun and don't go to the slaughter. It doesn't say that. But I'm not going to get into that. I have done entire radio shows on this. I've covered the number one most mistaken scripture in the entire Holy Bible on this subject, where Jesus says, sell your cloaks and go get swords, you know. Um, uh, the problem is people ignore the, the fact that right there where he's saying that in the scripture, he also says that the prophecies may be, that the scripture may be fulfilled. He's talking about a prophecy in the book of Isaiah where he will be counted amongst the transgressors. So when you so first and foremost, you know, a lot of people will say like, well, you know that they had to have been carrying swords because uh, you know, uh you know, Jesus said go sell your cloak and and two, they came up with two swords. So they had to have been carrying swords, you know, for self-defense and I'm like no, your logic is flawed, really, really bad. First and foremost, if they were already carrying swords, they wouldn't have to sell their cloak for diddly squat. Second, they came back with only two swords, and there were 13 of them, Jesus and the 12 apostles. And Jesus goes, that's enough. That, in other words, good enough. Don't go looking for any more. And then, of course, what does Peter go do? He just chops off the ear of the guy at, at, at you know, the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Jesus kind of like rebuking him in so many words and puts his ear back on and heals it. And, you know, and then you even have Jesus standing in front of Pontius Pilate, and he says, you know, hey, if my kingdom was from this world, my servants would fight. But because my kingdom is not from this world, my servants won't fight. So it's all about us being sheep led to the slaughter. That is, uh, as Jesus put it in his commentary about a state of perfection, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you got, give it to the poor, take up your cross and follow after me. Um, you know, with that, it, it's so obvious. But, you know, I did, I struggled with it. I had a lot of people pushing back, poking me in the eyes. I had pastors that I tried to call on Warren uh, that uh, were very, you know, they were like, I have every right to practice my Second Amendment rights. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but you also have the right to be sodomized. Are you going to practice that one too? See, that's a problem. People don't, the, the critical thinking skills of most people are really, really awful. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole soapbox. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, I want to, uh, I want to get into the news rapidly here because we have so much that we were not able to get through on the last program that I want to try to get through tonight. I want to blast into it just as fast as we can. Praise God. But first, kids, are you ready? All right. Kids, where does a catcher sit down for dinner? Where does a catcher, you know, for a, football, or a baseball team, you can tell them I'm, I'm really into sports. Uh, where does a catcher sit down for dinner? Behind the plate. Right? Where does the catcher sit? Behind the plate. So he can eat his spaghetti. 
Oh, man. Kids, kids, what's a cow's favorite activity? A cow's favorite activity. Going to the movies. All All right. Praise God. And kids, one more. What do computers eat for snacks? What do computers eat for snacks? Microchips. You know, the crumbs in the bottom of the bag. <laughs> right? Microchips. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think that's what I, that we whenever, whenever our Frito-Lay bag has been through the, uh, oh, a little bit too much uh, physical therapy on the way to our, to our to us eating our Subway sub. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And on that note, let's go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is Praise God. Also, I wanted to make mention, alongside of the fact that this company, Ferris Labs, got a bunch of, well, I don't know if it's a bunch. For all I know, it's two two or three bottles, and before the show's over, they'll all be bought. But... Um, the um, on the hydroxychloroquine, but um, and 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 the uh, the, the um, ivermectin is still available out there. But boy, oh boy, they're charging top dollar for that. It's like two dollars a pill. So if you want to, you know, a hundred pills, you're talking about a couple hundred bucks. So you got to really dig into your savings a little bit for that. Um, I have a little bit, but not as much as I'd like. I'd really like to do a total par- uh, parasite detox, which requires uh, a regimen of um, Fenbendazole, uh, 222, three times a day, and um, ivermectin, uh, 12 milligrams, two times a day. Uh, you take them both, and it, it has a, they work together to kill the vast majority of the types of parasites. And then, of course, if you really want to go for it, then you get this stuff called uh, SCRAM, which goes after, um, you know, uh, lower GI parasites. So between ivermectin, two, 12 milligrams, two times a day, uh, and the um, uh, fenbendazole, two, 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 three times a day, uh, or you could do the 444, two times a day. So you take, uh, you know, one 12 milligram ivermectin, one two, uh, 444 uh, fenbendazole, one, in the, you know, one of each in the morning, one of each at night. And then you take the scram, and it and it handles the lower GI stuff, and that's like a whole total thing. But I've been told by people you got to really watch your step when you do that. And I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I don't know diddly squad. So I'm telling you, if you're going to do stuff like this, you better be really, really careful. Listen very closely to your body. If you are getting sick or you feel uncomfortable or you're throwing up or whatever the case may be, stop. Okay. All right. But I have you know looked at the comments of. I don't even know how many people, but it's a, it seems like an innumerable, as the Bible puts it in Hebrews 12:22, an innumerable company of people out there in their comments section, and many of them uh, can't tolerate it. They can't tolerate. They say things like, "Oh man, it made me so sick to my stomach, I couldn't take it anymore." That kind of thing. So watch out for that. And um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention for anybody who's interested is if you want the information, if you want the information. Let me know. Send me an, an email at 
baptist777 at gmail.com. Okay? <clears throat> if you want the information. A lot of people don't want the information until they have a very close relative that gets diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, i got to get this information from Johnny Baptist, that kind of a thing. But anyway, I, what, that, what I did today was I put together a collection of, um, of uh, for lack of a better term, videos of various people, doctors, whoever, you know, laymen in some cases, commenting. Uh, there's even one um, video. I don't think I collected that. I didn't add it to the group. It was informative only anyways. But they did an extreme magnification of cancer cells, very, very close, and they were able to get in so close that you could see the parasites going into the cells and killing them. So anyway, um, I put together a compilation of, excuse me, of a, um, it's an email that's pregnant with um, testimonies of people who have put themselves on the fenbendazole uh, uh, regimen and have beaten deadly cancers. Okay, so um, if you're interested in that because you know somebody that's dying of uh, stage 4 lung cancer or some other deadly cancer for, or whatever the case, um, do feel free to email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com, and I am happy to forward you a copy of this compilation. And you can send it over to him. I got uh, what made what forced me. I, I don't want to say forced me, but what compelled me to put together this compilation of information was I got a communication from a uh, past real, real regular listener of the program from Australia, and she was just broken down in tears because a member of her family, evidently very close, like a brother or something like that, has just been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And evidently they have already had in their family two other people die from stage four lung cancer. And and their mother, who supposedly is like around 90 years old, the question was raised whether or not she can even emotionally handle it if she finds out about this other son or whatever. Uh, so I, I, you know, something came over me and I just said, you know what, this is crazy. I cannot keep this information. Now I have forwarded this information over to another brother in Christ whose ex-wife is dying of cancer. And his word to me was they want to go with the traditional medical protocol. And I said, well, I said, Brother Mike, you know what? I said, I just couldn't live with myself if I didn't at least try. And he said, God bless you. And that was that. Some people want to do the regular stuff, and if they die, they die, and that's okay. Um, it's all their choice. And if, and if they love Jesus and they're and they're in like Flynn, you know, and they're they're going to heaven, I can totally relate to that. All right, praise God. So anyway, I did want to lift that up uh, to the listeners if you were interested, because um, it's important. It's important, and a, and a lot of people, you know, uh, want to know these things. All right, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, and on that note, let's go ahead and do this one prophecy here from Wings of Prophecy. Praise God. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 
All right. So, um, well, this is really interesting. The soundboard's acting a little wonky today, but that's okay. It does that all the time. I don't know why it is. I've never been able to figure out. It has to be adjustments. I've said this before. Adjustments that are being made at Blog Talk Radio, which is headquartered up uh, in, I think it's Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, um, I think. And um, and so I just have to get used to it. It, it changes the – my mixer acts really weird. The lights don't light up the same. The volume controls don't work the same. Uh, and uh, But you know what? As long as it's coming across the, the Internet, praise the Lord. All right, so anyway, let me go ahead and read this prophecy because I found this to be very apropos. In fact, um, I communicated, sent a, a message to Sister Elena, and Elena is heavily involved with a team. I don't know who they are. It's none of my business. Um a team of spiritual warfare people. You know, they get together in a group and they um, do spiritual warfare together. Sometimes they'll fast together for a particular topic. It may be for children uh, that are victims of uh, sexual abuse or whatever the case may be, but they do that. That's their thing. All right. Um, praise God for them. And uh, so anyway, I, I threw it over to the wall to her and I said, why are, you know, because I knew I wasn't alone. I talked to some other people and they said, oh yeah, man, I am suffering from the worst exhaustion I have ever experienced in my entire life. It is so depressing. And so I found out very quickly that it wasn't just me. And I was thinking to myself, okay, well, golly, um, what is it then? You know, is it, I thought it was just me and my hard work, you know, because you got to deprive yourself. I mean, if you're going to fight yourself over to a very, very strict 16 by 8 true water fast combined with a less than 20 grams of carb diet, uh, you got to fight it. I mean, you've got to fight it. You're going to go through a lot of days of discomfort to get to a place where you plateau off and you are losing weight rapidly. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, this one is entitled Enemy Attacks. Enemy Attacks. And it came out today. And it says in this. OK, so this is the Lord speaking through Sister Galinda. In this time, my people, you will, we, you will endure many attacks from the enemy of your souls. He is attacking my people harder than ever before. He knows his time is very short now, as I will soon return for my bride. I will soon return and take you out of the darkness and sin that has become the world. Stand strong for me in these attacks and see that you honor my holy name in all that you do. This is of the utmost importance as many unbelievers are watching my people to decide if I am real. If the attacks come too intense for you, cry out to me and I will answer you. Endure your time. Endure. Your, your time is very short now. Now, admittedly, yeah, I, I'm not a real big fan of words like your time is short, soon, um, uh, you know, uh, imminent, things like that that are undefinable because we've been hearing those very same prophetic words now for well over 13, 14 years, uh, 15 years in some cases. If you go all the way back to when I first established the website, 2009, it's a long, long time. 
because it would be 13 years come July this year if you measure back to 2011. But if you go back all the way to 2009, you got to add two more years, so that would make it 13, 14, 15. 15 years. And then, of course, you know, then you could go back even further if you wanted to because I, you know, was involved in uh, deep dive research and study of these things for, wow, another five or six years prior to even setting up the website. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So um, and then, of course, you know, I started reading the books about this kind of stuff going all the way back to 1988 uh, to uh, to a uh, to a big um projection it was a it was a seminar done by um Ralph Epperson and he wrote the book The Unseen Hand and he was the first author of a book entitled The New World Order and that was in 1988 back then he was using overhead projectors and slide projectors believe it or not so um anyway that was fascinating because then about uh then around about oh golly I think it was around 2010 or so we had actually invited uh Ralph on to the show. Now, granted, he was like, you know, a lot older, uh, you know, but he came on the show. Sure enough, good old Ralph Epperstein. Uh, Epperstein had come on the program, and it what a blessing it was to have uh, the, the very first person in my life uh, from back in 1988, uh, you know, the author of The Unseen Hand and The New World Order, come on the show as a guest some, uh, well, let's see, let's do the math, 1998 to 2008, probably. So that would be right there. There's 20 years there. Probably add another five. Yeah, like 13 years later. Wow. Very, very, very amazing. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and blast into the news and move through it as quickly as we can, because there sure is an awful lot of it. Praise God. Here we go. Okay, this is um, O'Keefe, O'Keefe Media, James O'Keefe Media. He used to, you know, do the other uh, thing before he got kicked out as a CEO and all that. But anyway, I'm not sure exactly how many minutes this is. We'll listen to a little bit of it, but it's really, really sad, um, but it does merit to be played. So let's go ahead and, and fire this up and start listening to a little bit of it and see how, how it goes. The contractors, they have men and women that are contractors to keep an eye. For every one agent, there's 10 contractors. We know they're only getting paid maybe 15 to 25 an hour. Who knows what the government's actually paying the company to staff them, though? If you did the research and looked into who owns these companies, they're shell companies, I'm assuming, and there's probably, I hate to say it, but we know it's true, there's probably politicians behind it or pumping stocks into them. They're same companies that are in California or in the 10 cities in Texas. It's the same companies that I think they're called Allied Services, maybe. Um, and the food, who's pre- preparing the food. This is a massive money grab. Money, once again, we learn the Bible is the root of all evil. If you trace the money, eventually you'll get to the top of the evilness. I'm not saying you have money is evil, but who's making money off this? We know it's not the contractors that are passing out burritos and washing the tents. Are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? Yes, I am. Before this interview, me and you went over a couple songs. That really, that really reinforce the power of God. Federal job, non-federal job, food, uh, being able to feed my family, feed myself. I put that second to telling the public what really needs to be heard. Uh, I know better than anyone else, but I've seen horrors, and on a daily basis, I've seen what's going on. They can do anything they want to me, but they can't take my belief in God. They can't take my afterlife. They can't take Jesus Christ away from me. They might be able to take my country. They might be able to take our school systems away. 
I will marry you. And again, Chuck Misler used to refer to the Jews, the real Jews, uh, being um, uh, God's wife, and that we, you know, our 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 um, uh, bridegroom is Jesus, and and he, you know, and so we're his wife. Okay, and I, I thought that was a pretty neat analogy. But anyway, I wanted to go ahead and play this news report going all the ba- way back to 2002 because of what they saw and what was reported to the police regarding some gentlemen that were spotted on Staten Island at the time that the World Trade Centers collapsed. Here we go. And this is very hard to get a hold of uh, audio or video, AV byte. Here we go. Days after the September attacks, there were countless rumors about strange coincidences surrounding the events. One report about a group of Middle Eastern men spotted the morning of September 11th parked just across the river from New York City has not gone away. Investigation of their presence has led to questions about whether Israel was conducting espionage on U.S. soil. We're joined now by ABC's John Miller with an exclusive report this evening. That's right, Elizabeth. This is a case that took the FBI and the CIA more than two months to sort out, while five Israelis waited in jail. It began when this woman was watching the Twin Towers burning from her apartment in New Jersey. She noticed three men on top of a van, posing for pictures with the towers burning in the background. And I could see that they were, like, happy. You know, they they didn't look shocked to me. You know, they didn't look shocked. I thought it was very strange. The witness called police, who stopped the van hours later and arrested five men. All five, it turns out, were Israeli. They were turned over to the FBI. Sources tell ABC News, during a check of national security databases, some of the men were listed as having had connections with Israeli intelligence. At the FBI, that set off alarm bells. The FBI needed the answers to three important questions. Who were these men? What brought them to that parking lot on the morning of September 11th? And did they have any advanced knowledge of what was going to happen that day? The men said they were just taking pictures at the time. They said they worked for a company called Urban Moving. The FBI obtained a search warrant for the company's offices. Two SUVs were filled up with between 9 and 12 boxes and computers. Not long after the arrests, the offices of Urban Moving were simply abandoned. Almost everything was left behind. In jail, the five Israelis were repeatedly interrogated and given lie detector tests. Stephen Gordon was their American lawyer. They were asked questions if they had ever been approached by or hired by any non-United States intelligence community. While there is still some debate among American intelligence officials, many investigators believe some of the men were part of an Israeli operation aimed at monitoring radical Islamic charities that support groups like Hamas, something lawyers for the five men and the Israeli government strongly deny. These five Israelis were not involved in any intelligence operation in the United States. The story is simply false. In the end, the FBI concluded there was no evidence that any of the five men had advanced knowledge of the September 11th plot. After 71 days, the five Israelis were deported, leaving some ruffled feathers among both U.S. and Israeli officials. According to federal officials, the five men have been barred from returning to the United States for 10 years, they say because they violated immigration laws. 
All right. So um, so as that story shook out, it, it became more and more evident by those who had studied, deeply studied the um, 9-11 event, <clears throat> that uh, it was the actual, it was actually the Israeli Mossad that installed the 10 tons of super nanothermite into the buildings uh, and, you know, wrapped it in. So basically, you had Marvin Bush. Marvin Bush is a... Uh, Little known, barely known, brother of uh, George, you know, uh, you know, uh, of the Bush family, Herbert Walker Bush, uh, you know, the whole deal, and um, very little known. Nobody knew about him, and he had gotten a contract uh, to become the head of Securicom, which was the security agency that was in charge of the World Trade Center security. Well, evidently, his contract, most surprisingly, ended on paper. September 11th of 20, 2001. That was the actual date written on his contract. And uh, they were doing six months prior to the event, they were doing, you know, it was well known and documented that they were doing an overhaul of all the elevator systems inside the buildings which, of course, would be done in the middle of the night and would allow them to bring pallets and pallets and pallets and pallets of super nanothermite. Well, when I did some additional homework on super nanothermite, I discovered that there was only one place in the entire world that super nanothermite could be purchased, the United States Department of Defense. And all the little dots started to connect together. So, in fact, it was a compartmentalized uh, three-letter agency operation that did include the NSA, did include the CIA, did include the Israeli Mossad, probably more than that, maybe some some uh, reps, uh, MI6, etc. But the problem, the challenge of research is that when they're compartmentalized and it's an unacknowledged special access program, you cannot find out about it. The vast majority of people that you're going to talk to at the CIA, the NSA, the GCRC, Pine Gap, and all the other places, they don't know. They don't know. They have absolutely no idea. And that's how the concept of need to know works. You can literally be across the hallway from a person that you're working with, and that person's involved in, you know, Inter interviewing, uh, 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 you know, uh, EBEs, extraterrestrial biological entities, okay? And they're in bodies. I mean, you can kill them. You shoot them, and they bleed out, and they die, okay? And, um, you know, uh, that's what they do, but they won't admit it. You can go into their office. You can have lunch with them. You can be best friends with them, have picnics with their kids every weekend. They're never going to say a word about it. Their life is at stake, their their career is at stake. Their freedom is at stake. So anyway, um, it's heavily, heavily protected, praise God. And that's just kind of how it works. And once you get your arm around how compartmentalization of information, especially above top secret, is, is performed and what the repercussions are to the people that are privy to it, it, it all falls into place. And then you know. It doesn't matter if it's the President of the United States that's asking. It's called plausible deniability. They say they don't know. I have no idea, Mr. President. I've never heard of such a thing. Never heard of such a thing. 
plausible deniability. <clears throat> all right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So now I'm going to play. Now, we all know that Davos, and I don't, I don't want to say that we all know that because that, that's very presumptuous of me, but I'm going to go ahead and mention that Davos uh, 2024 is in progress. Now, uh, Brother uh, Brian had sent me a link and told me that the new, newly elected uh, president of Argentina spoke today. And I, I, you know, because I told him, I just can't watch that stuff anymore. I, I just I just can't. I can't. I just hear them drool, dribbling and drooling on about how they're going to murder us all, 15 minutes at CBDCs and all this other stuff. I just, you know, after a while, you just get filled up. You don't want to hear it anymore. You just don't want to hear it. Well, anyway, Brother Brian tells me that the newly elected president of Argentina was there to speak, and I I couldn't help it. Okay, that, that kind of pulled the plug on me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go listen to him. And sure enough, he's opened up a can of whoop honey on them. So, um, you know, here's a little bit of him. I'm just going to play him talking. Exchange ownership rights. Therefore, based on this definition, talking about a market failure is an oxymoron. There are no market failures. If transactions are voluntary, the only context in which there can be a market failure is if there is coercion. If there is coercion, which basically he's pointing the finger at Klaus Schwab and all of his little cronies in the room, letting you know that it's you guys that mess up the market system and the way it's intended to work. So this guy is really laying into them, and it's very, very impressive. Let me I think it's very safe to make the estimation that he will not be reinvited back. As a matter of fact, if my guess is correct, and as sad as this actually is, it makes you wonder how long his tenure is going to last as the head of Argentina. Um, if you have read the book, um, The Economic Hippie Man by John Perkins, we had John Perkins as a guest on the radio show. It was absolutely mind-numbing, super ultra-fascinating program for sure. Um, and we had him on the program, and he, he explains that that's how the United States controls and has controlled other countries for hundreds of years, or for well over 100 years. Um, and that is we go in there and we basically sell them, you know, high, high dams and freeways and power plants and all this other stuff for billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. We get them in debt, you know, like, you know, up to their eyeballs. They know in advance that the, the world the world, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, EMF and uh, World Bank know in advance that there's no way that this country is going to be able to pay back that debt. They know it. So they impoverish the nation, and then they demand their money eventually. And then when the when they can't pay back their debt, um, the standard modus operandi, and I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but it's happened dozens of times across the world. And John Perkins in his book, The Economic Hitman, covers many of those occasions, including the toppling of uh, a Panamanian leader that he was very fond of, by the way. Um, but anyway, um, they kill him. They depose them. They send in what's called CIA jackals. And jackals are, you know, when you're watching like a, a spy movie, I don't know if you're a fan of spy movies. I am. Okay, I'm a born identity fan if there ever was one. Okay, that that is one of my things. And um uh and anyway, if you under that stuff isn't fake. 
Okay, you may not realize it. You might, oh, that's Hollywood, la 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 la, and all that kind of stuff. No, it's not Hollywood. It's exactly how it works. These guys, these are operatives. They're sent out there. A lot of them are under mind control, drugs, and things like that. They go through all kinds of ritual abuse and things like that. Compart, yeah, cart, mentalize, cart. They split their souls and they inject demons into them. They do all kinds of horrible things using drugs and LSD and everything else. And then they program them as super soldiers. And then they send them out to kill leaders of countries. They're called jackals. But they can't be traced back to the United States. They can't be traced back to the senator that's in the unacknowledged special access program that the president can't even find out about. They cannot be traced. And that's how it works. They take out the leader of Brazil. So so when you had Hugo Chavez down there saying, Herbert Walker Bush is Diablo, he's the devil, and that there's CIA uh in, in the jungle right outside of my uh you know um uh you know presidential palace and stuff like that. Guess what? He wasn't lying. He was absolutely one hundred percent correct. And it is strongly believed that Chavez was taken out by one of the CIA Heart attack guns, because if you can get close enough to shoot that dart into them, it can hit any part of their body. It injects sodium potassium chloride, just enough, to cause their heart to fail. Now, the trick, of course, is to get it, it to hit them in a place where the hypodermic cannot be found. It's a little tricky. It's not as easy as it sounds. But anyway, they evidently have used that method many times to take out and depose leaders of various countries. They've taken out the leader of Ecuador multiple times. Uh, you know, so who knows? I don't know if this guy, Javier uh, Millet, uh, is going to survive his presidency of Argentina. I love the guy. I think he has, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those British U's, uh, E-U-W-E, I guess it is. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but they have um, body parts that are, well, we'll just say distorted in size. And this guy kind of has attributes that are uh, metaphorically similar in the sense that he was he was willing to go to um you know the 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 WEF and basically slap them upside the head right in their podium so it'll be very interesting because you I we all know for sure for sure for sure that what he's telling them is not what they want to hear he doesn't want to be part of the club and he's basically telling them like Elon Musk did when Elon Musk did the remote connection into the World Economic Forum. And Elon Musk, over the remote connection, said, you know, I really don't think uh, setting up a world global government is in the best interest of the people of the world. But whatever. All right. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Praise God. Um, and also, just so you're aware, there. I'm going to play this. Hold on just a second. This is Klaus Schwab. And the people that have published this, they are claiming that what Schwab, this filthy Nazi reptilian shape-shifting piece of whatever, they are claiming that this is him admitting publicly that they are having trouble getting uh, everyone to cooperate with them. So let me go ahead and play a little snippet of this. You have this anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. 
So fixing the present system is not enough. Now there is, of course, a anti-system which is called libertarianism, which means to tear down everything which creates some kind of influence of government into private lives. All right. So you heard him say it. Um, and uh, he's, he's talking about when he says anti-system, he's talking about anybody that's bucking the, the 2030 agenda. That's what he's talking about. Okay, and, uh, you know, which creates any kind of influence uh, of governments into the private lives of individuals. But he's right. What I don't understand, honestly, is why SEAL Team 7 hasn't paratrooped down into Davos and taken them all, put them under arrest, and sent them to Guantanamo Bay, along with the Clintons, along with the Gates. Please put Gates at the front of the line. Please put Gates at the front of the line. Fauci and the rest of them. I don't get it. But anyway... I don't get a lot of stuff. <laughs> Ask anybody. They'll tell you. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Trump says that they are reopening the Hillary email case. Now, is this true? I do not know. I don't know. Was it taken out of context? I don't know. But this is flying around on Twitter like, you know, a starling that's lost its, uh, you know, its way. But anyway, let's listen to what he says right here. It's uh, pretty interesting. So here we go. with a very critical breaking news announcement. The FBI has just sent a letter to Congress informing them that they have discovered new emails pertaining to the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's investigation. All right. So anyway, you heard the audio, and this was one of those classic TikToks. These these TikTokers, they just love to split the screen and put their facial expressions on one side while the other, while while whatever bit it is that they're playing is on the other side of the screen, so that they can be a part of the reaction, you know, to kind of drive the reaction. But anyway, it's fascinating. I, you heard it. I heard it. Is it true? I don't know. When was it said? We don't know. And all that stuff is relevant to come to some sort of a conclusion or determination as to whether or not, you know, when was it, if, if this was said three years ago, it doesn't matter. It's water under the bridge. Okay. So again, we, we don't know those things. All right. Also, um, for what it's worth, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I have half a mind to put this up on the website at tribulation-now.org or tribulationnow.com. Uh, but this is this this is a close up of this Dafuk individual. That's what they call him, D A F U Q. And this individual was filmed in great detail at one of the Trump court cases. <clears throat> and um, this is an alien being. This is a humanoid alien being, and um, you can see very 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 well. Um, just by watching the video, that it's alive, it's humanoid, 
it, now it does have a bald head, but when you take a very close look at the eyes, uh, the taper of the nose, and especially the ears, okay, this is what they would call an extraterrestrial um, biological entity or an EBE. Now, so according to Phil Schneider and some of the other people that were familiar with this particular character and some of the other ones that were hanging out with them and what, whatnot, these beings live hundreds and hundreds of years, I guess. That's what they were claiming. I don't know what the exact number was and, quite frankly, don't care. All right. But anyway, this is a, a wonderful example for anybody who wants to do this kind of research of being able to see what one of these beings actually looks like up close. Okay. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Iran confirms retaliatory oil tanker seizure. And I'm going to have to scroll in to get this a little bit closer. It says Saint, the St. Nicholas was transporting crude oil from Iraq to Turkey when it was boarded. An oil tanker has been boarded and seized by Iranian forces in the Gulf of Oman. Tehran's Navy confirmed on Thursday. The St. Nicholas, a Greek-owned vessel bearing the Marshall Islands flag, was taken in retaliation for last year's incident in which the United States captured a cargo, uh, a cargo of Iranian oil from the same ship, according to Iran's Navy. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Also, um, the next one up. Thank you, Father. China says he's telling us to the people in, uh, you know, the Houthis and the United States and the United Kingdom and and all the other countries, Canada and the other ones that were involved in the the bombing that was going back and forth between the Houthis and the ships and the Houthis and the ships and the Houthis and the ships. And China China spoke out very loudly and he says, "I we are calling for both sides to." de-escalate the conflict. Okay, so we're all should we all should be relatively aware by now that this hasn't ended. Okay? That in fact, as each day goes on, the things that are happening over in the Middle East right now are escalating. Okay? They're escalating. So not only are there continued missile strikes coming from the so-called coalition, which is mostly the U.K. and the United States, against the Houthi installations. But similarly, the Houthis are still attacking very aggressively ships, big container ships, blowing them up, catching them on fire in the middle. And, and there are still major shipping cruise lines that are making uh, global announcements that they will be diverting their shipments around the southern tip of Africa until everything settles down in the Red Sea. This is very, very bad news because it will probably, I'm guessing, quadruple the cost of goods that are coming across on these ships. Now, what effect is that going to have on the things, on the products that are sitting on our shelves? All right? That's something to think about. And that's one of the reasons why the United States has kind of, I don't know, over the years. Now, I am not a fan of what Babylon the Great does. I have never been a fan of what Babylon the Great does. I was born uh, in 1962 when, uh, you know, uh, right around JFK's assassination, uh, when Jane Fonda was very popular, uh, when Kent State was going on. So I'm a rebel. 
I am not from the prior generation that uh, was hiding underneath their desks in grade school while alarms were going off in grade school, warning everybody that the Russians were going to nuke the United States. They used to practice that stuff. They used to get under their desks all the time. My two sisters, who were 20 years older than me, they did that all the time when they were in grade school. They'd all have to, all the kids would have to get under their desk because a nuclear bomb was going to go off. It was practice because of those evil Russians. You get it? All right. So I was not part of that generation at all. I was part of the rebel generation. I was part of the Kent State people. I was part of the, you know, the whole Nixon thing, you know, the, the people that rebelled against, uh, you know, uh, the things that were happening over in Vietnam. And after having found out that the Gulf of Tonkin incident was completely alive from McNamara on his deathbed and uh, all the things that I did find out over the years, I am very, very glad that I was a rebel. Because the rebels were on the right side. It was a big trumped-up lie from the bowels of hell, just like it always is. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is Alex Jones making a commentary about the Chabad Lubavitch tunnels and child rape in the Chabad Lubavitch headquarters in New York. Okay, let's hear what he has to say. Here we go. Tuesday night, a bizarre story broke in New York with Orthodox Hasidic Jews with a three-story deep tunnel going on. And I held my tongue because I wanted to get more information. I wanted to be able to report on it. And the story has been mega viral. But again, I want to do my own research before I comment it. Now that we've analyzed the footage, it doesn't look too good. You've got dirty mattresses that look like they have blood stains, nothing's on them. You've got uh, baby high chairs and just piles of garbage. And just looking at the footage, it looks like human trafficking to me. So we hear this constant trope that this stuff's going on underground. And I'm like, no, it's going on at the Texas border. It's going on publicly. But then literally you start to see this and you have to say to yourself, it looks bad. And then you've got the way they freaked out and went crazy once the police got there and attacked everybody. And this just shows how much evil's going on in our society. You know, at first I thought, well, maybe they think it's the end of the world, or maybe they're dealing drugs or hiding diamonds or, you know, something under there. There's a lot of that goes on in New York City. But now, looking at the footage, the limited footage police released, it looks bad. It's not just one high chair. It's not just children's accoutrement here and there. It is all over the place. So. All right. Praise God. So that's a 10 minute and 35 second segment. But I wanted to play a little snippet of that. Um, He's being a little bit extra careful now because of the Sandy Hook incident and and the bankruptcies and stuff that he's going through. Good for him. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, but anyway, we know what's going on. The unfortunate and very deeply sad thing is that most people in the world simply see these as Hasidic Jews, Orthodox Jews. They don't understand the Bible when it says the Jews that are not Jews. And unfortunately, what that means is 
the, the general population of the world are going to clump all Jews into that category. And that is a very, very sad thing indeed. But welcome to Planet Earth 2024. Can't believe we're still here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Now, if that ain't bad enough, we got this guy, the anti-Zionist, Zionist war. But where does it really come from? It starts with communism, Marxism, socialism, Trotskyism, and Leninism. This is another uh, Jewish man making a commentary on what's going on. Let's listen to what he has to say. Tell anybody that I said this. But you know all those tropes about Jews controlling the world, or at least wanting to control the world? They're actually true. Our goal as Jewish people for the last 3,300 years since the revelation at Sinai has been to control the world. The Jews will control the world, whether they're going in Leipzig or they hate it. That's a fact. It's written in a book that they go in and admit that it's the book of God. So there's no argument here. In Isaiah chapter 63, the day of the great and terrible day of the Lord. It says that the Lord will come out from a place called Edom and he will crush Edom. Now, I'm just a broadcaster here, okay? In Jewish understanding, Edom is really talking about the, the Christianity. Asking what's going to be with the Goyim when Mashiach comes. Will they be destroyed and annihilated? Someone asked, who cares? <laughs> okay. As a nation, they'll cease to exist, even as individuals. Every individual, most survivors, not only as a nation, they'll cease to exist, even as individuals. As Goyim, they're gone. Their personality, they're, 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 as they exist, if they atzmom, as they would exist independently of Christ, they don't exist. They're done. In modern terminology, in modern terminology, they call it Cultural genocide. <laughs> There's a term for it in the by the by the you know by the progressives. It's called cultural genocide. And they talk to use the word genocide. All right. So anyway, that's a series of um essentially Khazarian uh, Jews that are not Jews that believe they are. Um, and they basically said it's a misinterpretation of the Old Testament to, to basically suggest strongly to them that they are going to take over the world and they are going to kill off all the Christians, which, by the way, maps back to the um, Noahide laws, the beheading of the Christians, which is going to go back over to the Mark of the Beast. I mean, it's all interconnected. It's all happening right now. Folks, we're so close to it right now. They refer to us as Goyim, which is a, a very disrespectful term uh, used essentially cattle. You know, no, no better than cattle. So anyway, um, I, I'm not I'm not putting this out there because I want to create hate and discontent. I'm putting that out there to just drive home the point so that the uh, listeners of this radio show understand that there are millions and millions of Jews that are Jews. But they're not these guys. And that is really, really important to understand. And um, and thank you, Jesus. We don't really have to worry about it because uh, I, I believe with all of my heart, from the very, very depths and the very bottom, bottom of my heart, that the barley harvest is going to happen before them. Now, how long are we going to have to stay here? I don't know. How much of this are we going to have to go through? I don't know. I don't know. 
Is it going to get a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of worse while we're still here waiting for the barley harvest? It might. So we all need to hang in there. If you're struggling, if you're getting depressed, if you're getting exhausted, which Elena says is a spiritual attack, we have these. It's interesting that she just, Elena just said that it was a spiritual attack moments moments prior to me reading the the Wings of Prophecy prophecy that said that we're under heavy spiritual. You know, I'm just kind of blown away by that. That's a little bit more than a coincidence to me. All right, so praise God. So just. Hang in there. I am not going to sit here and name names of people that I've been talking to, but there's a lot of them, and they are they're in that group. Now, not everybody is. It doesn't mean that you're naughty, that you're ostracized, that you're not part of the barley harvest or any of that kind of stuff. It has nothing to do with nothing. Okay, it just means that there's a good portion of us that are going through spiritual attacks right now. Now, I'm I'm almost always under some type of spiritual attack. Okay, but that goes to reason. I mean, look what I do. This radio show is that this is not a popular radio show with Zainton. There, I don't think there's an. I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Please don't hesitate. I don't mind being wrong. I'm famous for being wrong. Okay, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. But, um, but you know, uh, it, 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 I'm pretty sure this program is the only one that does what it does. We cover and tackle and discuss the most advanced mysteries of the Holy Bible of any organization in the world, and we cover them in great depth. Where else are you going to tune in and hear that that Mike Pence is a shape-shifting reptilian that was witnessed by the guest okay, at a satanic ritual ceremony long before anybody even knew it? Nowhere. There's nowhere on the earth that you can go and listen to that. Sorry. And um, and I'm not saying that in a boastful way. I'm just saying that in to help you be able to wrap your arms around the size of the target on my back. When you know when you're telling people that they need to be practicing holiness, righteousness, if they have any unforgiveness in their heart, they have got to get rid of it and put the person that has done them horrible injustice at the very tippity top of their prayer lives. I I had. One, two, three, four. Four people that did some really, well, five. Five people that did some unbelievably horrible things to me, including try to take my life. Police and emergency vehicles, the whole thing. And I'm here to tell you that I had to put every single one of them at the top of my prayer list. And I prayed in tears for years for them. And I don't even have a speck of unforgiveness in my heart for any one of those five people. I beg God to please forgive them. I beg him to. And I'm set free. Did it happen right away? No. But there is no sin that someone could have done to you that if you put that person at the top of your prayer list, the very first person that you pray for, there's a pastor by the name of William Law. One of his most famous quotes is that, Nothing will cause you to fall in love with a man more than praying for them. Put them at the top of your list, because if you have unforgiveness in your heart, I'm sorry, but you're not going to heaven. You're not. 
As a matter of fact, we had a testimony of a lady. Now, granted, it was a video, but she had been taken to heaven and hell, and she was in hell, and she came back traumatized. And one of the things that she was traumatized about was all the Christians that she saw in hell. And they were, and immediately they pounced her, and they said, what do you mean there were Christians in hell? And she said, people with unforgiveness in their heart. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to let, you know, I, I, I recently had a lady. She was very, very nice to me. She was a Catholic. She told me that she was troubled because I was denigrating Catholics and uh, and everything. And I said to her, you know, if you're hugging on the rosary beads and praying to Mary and doing Hail Marys and confessing of your sins to a vicar or, or a priest, then you're in trouble. You can't do that. It's not allowed Well, needless to say, I didn't hear back from her. So she had made up her mind and went on her merry way. Uh, No pun intended. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. North Korea no longer seeks reconciliation with with the South Koreans, says Kim Jong-un. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un says reunification with South Korea is no longer possible and reconciliation on the Korean Peninsula will not be pursued any longer. State media has reported. Now, if you really think about it, do you really think that Kim Jong-un would submit his power, his regime, and his people under the authority of South Korea? Or was he all the time looking at it the other way around? We already know the answer. So you know what? This whole statement, this whole article is utterly irrelevant and inconsequential. It means nothing. It's like saying the sky is blue. The sky is blue. Gee whiz. Thanks, Chicken Little. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. India sends their own ships. A segment from India, uh, from Indian News about the Indian Navy deploying 10 vessels, 10 warships to the Arabian Sea to protect other vessels from Iranian and Houthi missiles and drone attacks, as well as boarding attempts by various pirates. So, again, we have a report right here about what they're doing to protect their own interest in the Red Sea. Now, again, are they, are they under attack? Are they going to get attacked? Are they, are they even a target of attack? Are they delivering anything to Israel? Who knows? We don't know. But they're bound and determined to make sure that they're not a target. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Let me take a look at this. Okay. Next one up. Israel says that the International Criminal Court of Justice at The Hague case, the case, is profoundly distorted. And this was brought before the ICJ by South Africa. Now, for what it's worth, this is my opinion, that is the pot calling the kettle black if there ever was a pot calling the kettle black. In fact, the Russians, I'm sorry, but... This is how I feel. The Russian, uh, you know, ambassador or whatever to the world are coming out and telling everybody that shame on the United States for attacking the Houthis. Shame on the United States. Wait a minute. I don't care if it's Biden. I don't care if it's Obama. I don't care if it's Mickey flapping mouse. At the end of the day, keeping the waterways open has been something that was always done by the Western coalition. It is in the best interest of the world. And no one who is keeping those waterways open should give a rip what the Houthis think, period. 
So we got a lot of pots calling the kettle black right now. And one of those is coming out of Russia. Another one of those is coming out of um, South Africa. But in South Africa, what are they doing? They're slaughtering every white farmer they can get their hands on. Talk about a genocide. So anyway, it, it's the whole world is just upside down. It's messed up. It's sick. It's twisted. And I just want to leave. I wish we could get a you know a ticket on the Church of Philadelphia ship ship leaving as soon as possible. But unfortunately, we are well for the time being stuck here. All right, I'm watching the time. I know I'm running a little bit over, but I want please please Lord help me get through all these things. All right, um, this is a report or a commentary on social media from General Flynn. All right, praise God. General Flynn says it's not wokeism, it's Obamaism. How did we get to this place in the United States history so rapidly? One world and it ain't wokeism, it is Obamaism. All right, and he puts up a picture of Obama and there's a whole bunch of other people commenting and you know what? He's absolutely correct. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, of course, we also have this report. Oman says that its area is a no-fly zone. Now, Oman is right across from Yemen. They're like next-door neighbors. And Oman is not going to get bombed by the Houthis. So Oman just came forward and said, we're out, we're out, game over, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, no, We're a no-fly zone. Don't fly over our airspace. We don't want to get bombed by the Houthis. So they have joined the Houthis only in the capacity of saying, we're not letting any planes fly over our airspace. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Then, of course, the report that I just shared with you, South Africa saying that Israel is committing genocide. Now, I can play a little snippet of this, but I don't know how much value you're going to get out of it. It's no use Israel saying that it does whatever it can to minimize the deaths of innocent men, women and children. The use of 2,000-pound bunker-busting bombs and dumb bombs in residential areas and the relentless bombardment of Gaza and even of so-called safe areas to which Palestinians have been directed by Israel tell another story. All right. Now, I'm not going to get involved in that rhetoric and, the you know, let me poke your eye. It's like listening to the Three Stooges. At the end of the day... What's happening is happening. It is what it is. Thank you, Jesus, Philippians 3.20, lets us know that our citizenship is in heaven. This isn't our problem. This is God's problem. We need to stay out of it. Praise God. We don't need to take sides at all. We're All we're doing is we are counting the days until we are rescued off this alien demon-infested rock. What are we going to have to go through in the meantime? I don't know. I hope it's not a lot. But based upon the amount of UFO um, stuff that's happening in the sky and portals that appear to be getting opened and things like that that are happening, unbelievable things, unbelievable things, it really makes a person wonder how close we actually are. All right, so I'm going to play a little snippet of this. It's only three minutes long, and this is – hang in there, Robert. Hang in there, buddy. Um, this is a – I don't know who this is. 
but evidently he's in deep, deep, deep into the big tech. All right, and let's listen to what he's saying about the YouTube changing of its terms and conditions. I sent a copy of this over to uh, Brother Stephen Ben Noon to warn him. Now, whether or not he was, you know, if he was too busy, he probably didn't have time to look at it, which that's kind of scary. Because this is definitely going to affect his ministry in a humongous way, praise God. But anyway, he may have, he's probably backed up on Rumble and everything else, so I'm sure he's covered. But let's listen to this comment. So this is what's going on in Google. I have friends in tech, like very, uh, very high up in tech, that are monitoring the situation. He said, uh, whoa, all right. He says, I got this email, Ides of March are on, they are prepping now. Dear advertiser, in February 2024, Google will update the inappropriate content policy to clarify the definition of sensitive uh, events. A sensitive event is an unforeseen event or development that creates significant risk to Google's ability to provide high quality, relevant information and ground truth and reduce insensitive or exploitative content and prominent and monetized features. During a sensitive event, we may take a variety of actions to address these risks. Examples of sensitive events include uh, significant social, cultural, or political impacts, such as civil emergencies, natural disasters, public health emergencies, terrorism, and related activities, conflict, or mass acts of violence. Examples of what's prohibited, products or services that exploit, dismiss, or condone the sensitive event, including price gouging or artificially inflating prices that prohibits, restricts access to vital supplies, sales. All right, and on and on and on it goes. Are they going to misuse it? You can believe it. Another report, praise God. The Texas National Guard was called in to turn the Border Patrol, the Federal Border Patrol, away from a uh, major, it's called Shelby Park at Eagle Pass in Texas, where gazillions of illegals are crossing over every day. And the Border Patrol went over to protect, you know, uh, uh you know, their interest in infiltrating the country and destroying it. And the Texas uh, National Guard said, nothing doing. Get lost. Turn your trucks around. You're not coming in here. So that was a very interesting event. What's actually going on today with that event, we do not know. All right. Uh, another headline reads, Irani, uh, Iran takes control of U.S. oil tanker. Breaking news. Footage released from an Iranian uh, Iran military seizing a United States-controlled oil tanker okay so again the push and the shove and the bombs and the and and all that stuff is still going on full force is it going to escalate like a lot of people believe we'll have to wait and see sure seems that way all right i'm going to go ahead and play this snippet this states that there's going to be an election-based cyber attack let's see if that actually comes true let's play this little snippet how prepared are u.s states for cyber attacks targeting elections well, according to the people who are running them, they don't feel very prepared, right? We see that only a small percentage feel like they're really in a position to react to whatever happens before and during the election. So those are not encouraging results we see from these poll numbers. And I think that happens in the backdrop of sort of a larger American concern around election integrity. Um, we're still fighting about what may or may not have happened in 2020 as we roll into the 2024 race here. And I think that we haven't experienced that kind of 
skepticism about election integrity probably since the 1960s where there were civil rights voting concerns. So we went through a big period where we still argued about politics, but we felt pretty good about the results of elections being the actual true result. And we're seeing that shift now. It's fascinating. You know, it's like I'm always looking for that pause in their in their dialogue so that I can cut the mic and go over the next report. But then these people are experts, man. They don't they don't breathe. <laughs> they don't breathe. Once they start talking, man, you're not going to get a break. All right. Praise God. Now, uh, this this is Frank Luntz. And he cringes as he admits that Donald Trump will win. Now, this is obviously a Democratic left pollster, uh, you know, left wing pollster. And he, this is his this is right from the horse's mouth. This is what he is saying regarding Donald Trump. This is before, by the way, before the Iowa caucuses. Let's listen to what he says. If you had to bet $150,000 on who's going to win in November, who would you bet on? I never dreamed that I would say this, but I would bet on Trump. I never, I thought it was done. I thought it was over. You don't come back from an impeachment. You don't come back from January 6th. You don't come back from any of this. But he's come back. All right. Uh, and don't even get me going on what, you know, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah and all these other ones are saying and this woman, whatever she is on MSNBC. Uh, it's endless. Everybody's just complaining and pitching a blank, you know, like you like nobody's business. All right. Now, I wanted for those of you who, who decided for whatever reason, call an account of your job or whatnot to take the J&J. Uh, vaccine. Um, And I told everybody, lay your hands on it and as loud as you can say, in the name of Jesus, I render you of no effect in the name of Jesus, if you got to do it. Well, anyway, this is Dr. Peter McCullough, who's an expert on the various uh, vaccines. And here he is telling a congressional committee uh, that the J&J vaccine was never mRNA, which I knew, but good to hear it from an expert. I never supported these vaccines. I never told a single patient that it was safe to take a vaccine. I didn't take a COVID-19 vaccine myself because it wasn't safe. And I published an op-ed in The Hill in August of 2020, before they came out. The title of that op-ed is The Great Gamble of the COVID-19 Vaccine Pandemic. The reason why it was a gamble is because the vaccines and of Americans that took the vaccine is roughly 75% of Americans took at least one shot according to the COVID states program. Of those, 94% took a messenger RNA vaccines. So we can restrict our comments to messenger RNA vaccines provided by Pfizer and Moderna. These vaccines are a brand new technology. I'm going to stop there to save time provided by Pfizer and Moderna. Notice who he didn't mention. Okay, just making a point. All right, Lai uh, wins Taiwan. So the Taiwan ruling party, has a, they have an election. Uh, and this individual whose name is Lai, L-A-I, wins the election, which, according to all of the reports, has really upset China. And supposedly they're doing all kinds of military flyovers to be provocative, this, that, and the other thing, because they're exceedingly against the belief systems of this person, Lai. What does that mean? Well, a lot of people think that it's going to turn into a war situation. 
situation over in uh, Taiwan. But uh, I'm, I, you know, I still, I have heard reports rather clandestine. They're not overt and they're hard to get a hold of. But I have heard reports that state that the that the that the global satanic crime syndicate has informed you know has cooperatively agreed with Obama with the World Economic Forum etc cetera, etc cetera, that they will clandestinely voluntarily hand Taiwan over to China and there will be no war over it well, let's see what happens all right praise god here's a new trump ad that just came out and it's worth hearing so i'm going to play it praise god so here we go and then we're going to we're getting real close to bring on robert hang in there robert all right here we go listen the to final this. battle with you at my side we will demolish the deep state we will expel the warmongers from our government we will drive out the globalists we will cast out the communists marxists and fascists we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country we will rout the fake news media and we will liberate america from these villains once and for all Okay, so um, that's an interesting lead-in to the next audio bite that I'm going to play for you, which is a former Gambino crime family underboss known as Sammy the Bull Gravano. And he says that Donald Trump is incorruptible, and this is why Washington hates him. This is... Sammy the Bull Gravano from the Gambino family. See what he has to say. Because he had. Let me rewind that. Here we go. Actually, try to press up on Trump, but you could never get to him. Yeah. Because he had ex FBI agents all around him? All the time. And I tried a couple of times to press him in make arrangements where I could work with him and, and earn with him. I did that with other big contractors. I had the power of the unions. I could do all kinds of little things, but I couldn't get to him. He wouldn't bite. Mm. He just wouldn't bite. He, he didn't want to do anything like that. And there was layers of people in the middle. One of my guys said, we'll go up to the office. I said, we'll go up to the office. Everybody around him is an ex-FBI agent. We'll go up to the office. We'll get cuffed. And we'll go right to prison. So forget about Trump. He's a legitimate guy. He don't want to do it. Forget about Trump. Yeah. Actually, try to press up on Trump, but you can never get. All right. So there you got a Gambino family crime boss who's saying he's sending his best guys, you know, and and they're like, you can't get near the guy. Forget it. Can't do it. They'll slap handcuffs on us and throw us right in jail. That's, I found that to be an incredible testimony. Now, I'm not going to play this particular clip because it's absolutely sickening, but it's about a handful of toddlers that were caught in a mall, at a Galleria mall. Well, being, uh, I'm just going to use the term molested, but that is not the right term. It's a much worse term than that. And they actually caught them. Yeah, it's just absolutely horrible. It's horrible. And, of course, the message to take away is don't take your eyes off your kids. As a matter of fact, don't take your hands off your kids because if your hands aren't on your kids, they're going to snatch them right and they're going to drive away on a motorcycle. All right. Um, then General Flynn makes another comment regarding Obama, and he says Obama is the second coming of Hitler, Stalin, and Mao. And Liz Churchill jumps in and says he is a demon. Wow. 
if they only knew how accurate they are. Another headline here reads that the Houthi rebels in the streets are preparing for global war. And if let me just, you got to hear this. Folks, you just got to hear this. Listen to these people. This is amazing. Okay, now what you can see is the fact that we're dealing with millions of people in the streets. Just letting you know. All right, praise God. Next one up, January 23rd, banks that are not in compliance with Basel III, which is a regulation that regulates banks, okay, that don't have the funds to back their access, uh, their assets, okay, it's saying, do I believe it? I don't think I believe it. That's just a few days from now. That's just, uh, That would be next Tuesday. But it says by January 23, if they do not have enough assets or money to back their assets, they are going to be forced to go out of business. So some people out there think that this is going to be the beginning of the global financial collapse, which would start, if they're right, on next Tuesday. All right, also a report here, perfectly round alien spaceship in Nevada. Now, they zoomed in on this. They zoomed in on this real, real close. And I'm here to tell you, this isn't a disc. This isn't a mothership. This is a sphere. Is it the one? Is this the Doetry one? Did it enter our atmosphere? I don't know, folks. But this is the kind of stuff that gets me excited. Praise God. Um, again, there's also additional warnings coming out uh, from Yemen and, and United Arab Emirates and Qatar, et cetera, all of them. It's, it is, there is so much saber rattling and threats going on right now in that region that it really it, we're, we're talking about a single well-placed missile away from a full-blown World War III. And there are a lot of experts out there that are saying we are that close. Also, there's a commentary on disease X and the fact that it has 100% fatality rate in humanized mice. People are flipping out. I talked about that in the early part of the show, disease X, okay, and that they're creating it right now. So the odds of it escaping are what? Okay. Also, there's a report um, about the United States Navy having ordered a surge of deployment uh, with additional carriers uh, while they're turning back a number of other ships claiming that the reason why they're sending the other ships back is because they're undermanned and the ships are having maintenance problems, which, by the way, doesn't bode very well uh, for the situation. All right, man, this just goes on and on and on and on. I cannot get through all these. We know that Vivek uh, uh, Ramaswamy dropped out of the race after the Iowa caucus. Trump got it in a landslide. Uh, we also should know that Iran uh, has attacked Pakistan, of all places, with missiles, with long-range missiles. And Pakistan's pretty doggone lit up about it. And they're claiming, well, we're going to attack you back, which, by the way, takes this over to that, that – that 
testimony of Nathan, uh, Nathan and Rabbi Rami Levy from about five, six, seven years ago, where 15-year-old Nathan was taken to heaven, met with Jesus, and Jesus told him that uh, Obama's name was Gog, and that first thing that would happen would be all of the Arab states would start to fight amongst each other, and then they would all turn and go against Israel at the same time. So what we're seeing is kind of like almost precursors to these things. All right. So, again, it's just unbelievable. Pakistan comes back and say you can expect a response. Colonel McGregor comes out and says that the war is going to happen. World War Three is going to happen before the election occurs. Um, you've got uh, France that, that, according to many experts, is heading directly into civil war. Um, you've got MSNBC coming out and publicly complaining that 61 percent of, of uh, the state of Iowa, heaven forbid, are are white Christians, and you can't have that. Okay, so base, and, and, and don't even get me going on some of this other stuff. I'm just going to have to roll it forward to the next program. But on that note, let's bring on Brother Robert Vandrius Mitchell. Thank you for being patient, Brother Robert. God, thank you, Jesus. Brother Robert, are you there? Hello, uh, Brother John. Yes, I am here. And then, uh, to everyone, a happy belated New Year. <laughs> yeah, the whole New Year period from Christmas all the way deep into the New Year, like almost a week into the New Year, Blog Talk Radio is down. They didn't get the systems back up until Wednesday uh, wow. after... July 2nd, right. They had a switch go down and they were operating at 50% capacity. So the only shows that actually did play were the ones that started their programs before 7 o'clock which we don't. So unfortunately we were always a day late and a dollar short and the only thing that I got when I dialed into the show as a host was you know, ring, ring, ring you know, it, it would not answer the phone. And so that was deeply, deeply troubling for us because I had to, then I had to follow up and send emails out to everybody and say, sorry, I, I don't know what's going on. It took me a long time to piece it together, but yeah, that's what was going on because as soon as the holidays were over, they were, excuse me, they were able to get a repairman in there to bring the other half of their system back up and live, and they were operating at full capacity, and we haven't had a problem since. So anyway, it stuff happens, you know. But anyway, praise God. Hey, at least we're not censored, uh, you know, yet. Uh, and uh, black helicopters haven't land, landed in my front yard yet. They haven't landed in your <laughs> yet. Okay, there haven't been, uh, you know, paramilitary, uh, you know, people in, um, uh, what do they call those things? Tahoes, big black Tahoes, arrived in my driveway yet. So anyway. That's always a good um, sign. It's, you know, so far yeah. so good, right? Man, go for it. I know, and same here, so otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. I probably would have been by now in Leffenswood uh, because when I was uh, joined or I was placed with uh, PI-40, formerly known as Majestic, I had to sign also security paperwork and I was told if I would brief my oath and all that, 
I could I could end up 25 years in Ravenswood and a very high uh, pay, payment I have to pay. So, and I don't well, okay, see then, myself then going for 25 years to Ravenswood uh, military uh, prison. All right, cool. That's that's kind of cool. So you and I are in the same boat. So you got that means you got to tell us something that you would go to Leavenworth for. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I have already uh, told also in Daniel's show certain things because last year I had a uh, text message was on my other phone that I lost, and that warned me when I uh, will enter into the U.S. I could get a visit from one of the three-letter agencies if I would fly right. in the U.S. So, yeah, at least uh, I know when I go. I'm not sure when, but if I go, at least I can prepare myself for that. So, yeah, it could how be you, any of the agencies. How do you? How do you prepare yourself for going to Leavenworth? What do you do, like... Like get yourself a set of those uh, uh, Bowflex um, uh, uh, dumbbells and like do a lot of heavy lifting so that you can break rocks really easy. Or what do you do? I mean, there's got to be a way to, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what I would do. I mean, I'd, I'd be a target. I don't think I would last a week. I think they would kill me. Yeah, they'd definitely kill me. Now, yeah, the only thing that I can, but the only thing that I feel I can do is just trust in the Lord. Uh, yeah, welcome to my world. I have to trust in the Lord so, in every aspect of my life. Yeah, amen. I don't think there's anything else I can do. All I can say is the heart amen. And calm. Let me ask you a question. Isn't that kind of like the best place to be, though? Yes. I think it is. I think so. I th- yeah, I think when God brings us to a place where we have no other place to turn to, there's nothing we can do, nothing we can say, no place to hide, cat's out of the bag, and we have to trust God. I think that's a pretty cool place to be. I think that's the only place to be because, although I was never someone that went into drugs and drinking and all that type of thing anyway, but I can imagine if you don't have Jesus Christ within you, in you, and uh, you are in that type of situation, or you know it's kind of near, I can imagine that if you are weak in a spiritual sense, that alcohol and and drugs are probably the only escape you think you have. Thank God I was always strong-minded. So from that point, I always said, for me, no drugs, no alcohol in my whole life. Besides that my body, uh, alcohol doesn't seem to work on my body. But besides that, I don't like it. But I can imagine, yeah, for a lot of people who are under high pressure, they they seem to think that alcohol and drugs will protect them. That is a folly. That is such a misguidance in thought. But then they will find out. But... uh, no, I am glad that I got Jesus Christ now. And he is, he is my only drug allowed. Yeah, there's no way I could even get a... I mean, I have enough trouble 
And this is this is bad. And I apologize to the Lord all the time because I toss and turn at night a lot of times because I'm worried about work-related projects. I don't want to lose my job. But then I, th- then I think to myself, you know what? I, I apologize to the Lord. I'm on my knees. I'm praying. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Father. Please forgive me. Because I realize I'm not trusting God. The only reason I'm tossing and turning at 2 o'clock in the morning and worried about this happening or that happening is because I'm not trusting God. And that's wrong. That's kind of, I mean, to, to our Heavenly Father, that's got to be kind of a slap in the face. And so I, I repent for it, and I tell him I'm sorry. And then I ask him to help me, you know, because it's hard. Because, you, you know, you the thing about it is when you're sleeping, you can't control your subconscious. Your subconscious is going to focus on the things that freak you out the most. You know, like if I was really freaked out about a bunch of black Tahoes pulling into my driveway, every time I would hear a car pass by, I'd be like, huh, what's that? Running over to the window, looking outside, you know, you know, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. and so, and, and it comes from your subconscious, you know what I'm saying? You're not sitting up in bed with your fingers going, well, I got to worry about this tomorrow. I got to worry about that tomorrow. And then at the, later let, next week, this could happen. And, you know, it's not like you're sitting there itemizing them in your conscious mind. Your subconscious has taken over and you're pitching and rolling and pitching and rolling and sweating on, you know, and going through all this, these gyrations of not trusting God. And and then then I have to repent for it the next day because, you know, residing in that secret place of the Most High and totally putting your trust in God is the most awesome place to be. You don't have to worry about a thing. You know, my boss said, John, how come you always think, you know, the worst case scenario is going to happen? I said, well, that's because of my training in disaster recovery. If someone throws a snowball at me, I look up for a meteor. And he laughed. But, you know, it's it's kind of true, though, you know, and so my subconscious doesn't operate, evidently, in the spiritual realm. It operates in the flesh, and then I wake up the next day feeling bad. I see what you mean, yes. And, uh, yeah, as you said before, we are not of this world. So, yeah, we can worry what we want, fret what we want, what, what could happen, but... In the end, in the end, God is in control, and no one else. No, no, what but the Illuminati and their other minions think they are. In the end, it is God that is in control and allow things to happen according to His plan. So, uh, so yeah, from that point, it has no use to worry about. All, the, all those type of things. But I know on itself it is very human to worry about things, or at least so that is what we've been programmed from birth, of course, uh, through the educational system and the rest from our parents and all that uh, hoopla. But nonetheless, it, has, it is for me, <clears throat> sorry, I was just uh, ill, have been just getting better had food poisoning for two weeks. Oh, that's terrible. I think it was from food, something from, uh, was it pasta bake, I think, that we bought from uh, Mike Spencer's, I think, here in the UK, here in our local town. But uh, so I'm just getting better, and my throat is still a little bit, 
still feel kind of, uh, yeah, not completely healed. But, <clears throat> yeah, as I said, the worrying has no use for me. So it's only God that's in control. And especially with all the things going on now, I'm also on the top of the hill and at, at the very end of a cul-de-sac. So if they come, there is for me no way getting out. So I could jump over, if I go out of the door and I go to the left, I jump over the wall, but then I end up five meters down below. I couldn't even do that. Probably would, that would probably break my feet. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't so, even do that. And all the paramilitary guys would be standing there looking at me running, and they would go, is that really fat, slow guy trying to run away from us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they'd say. They're like, that guy's, he's, there's something wrong with him. Does he realize yeah. he's only gone 30 feet? And especially with the currently with situation, of course, the divide between people that stand with Israel and the ones who stand with Palestine. And most of the activity in the UK, I think, is still going around cities like London, uh, Birmingham, Manchester, I think, with the pro-Palestine uh, thing. But, but what is so laughable? In my opinion, it's with all those LGTB and whatever groups that they say they stand for Palestine. If they would be one day, <clears throat> for one day, under their authorities, they don't seem to realize that they would be stoned by uh, stoned by those same crowds. It is such an insanity with, with people that they don't realize that the Muslim and Islamists still live within the 13th century. How they come up for their rights, well, they, with what they are, they would be ending up either in jail or being crucified by stoning or any other way of death. And that shows how badly we are being educated about things in the world. But it is because of it. The next good thing to feel good, good about because, yeah, climate change, as we all know, is a hoax. And they can say, oh, yeah, climate change, climate heating. Really, if, if there was really a climate change, why is part of the world <clears throat> currently in a cold spell in the U.S. and here in Europe? So that already pokes hole in the whole climate heating uh, BS or scam, if you like. So, yeah, the next good thing that people can feel good about, of course, is then uh, the poor Palestinians and, and all that jazz. But, yeah, if you see the things that, that comes out and are there still people going weekly in new cities as New York and others on the street so far, you know? Or is it not anymore reported by the media? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, 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 it's hard for us to be able to sort out what's going on because we're the, 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 we're drinking from a water. I mean, it's like drinking from five water hoses, fire hoses at the same time right now. The information that's coming out once in a while, I'll wake up and I'll check the news and I'll go, oh, virtually everybody's rattling on about disease X or uh, what happened this morning was virtually everybody was rattling on about uh, Trump winning the Iowa caucuses and Vivek Ramaswamy uh, endorsing him. That's all anybody wanted to talk about. Nobody cared about the rest of the stuff. Yeah, there was a report about the fact that, you know, Iran had uh, shipped, uh, you know, uh, you know, shot a couple of missiles over at Pakistan and Pakistan vowed revenge. Um, there was another report, I think, what was it about? I think, uh, was it Iran? I think it was Iran, or it might have been the um, IGRC or whatever out of Iraq, but one of the two attacked (laughs) the Israeli Mossad's headquarters. You know, but again, is is any of it really consequential? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, what I'm waiting for, I have people send me stuff all the time. I kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, I respond to them, and I'm like, not big enough, not big enough. I want a nuke. We need a nuke, (laughs) you know, because we've been waiting so long, you know, for something to break, something really big to break. And and we do have the Sarah Manet vision from 1979 where she was shown uh, that the – essentially the – I don't like using this term, but the kickoff event for World War III, what really started everything forward was Iran shooting a nuclear-tipped missile from Libya into Israel. And you've got um, you've got uh, Douglas McGregor out right now warning everybody that it, you know his intel says that um, Iran currently has um, plutonium, okay? So they're no longer enriching the the uranium, okay? That, that was the big worry. Oh, they're at 90% enrichment level. Oh, this is just terrible. We can't have that. Um, according to Douglas McGregor, who is extremely well-connected with the, um, the um, you know, three-letter agencies, um, he's like, no, no, they have plutonium now. It's just a matter of time before they, uh, you know, launch and, 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 you know, a nuclear attack. So if that be true, which I assume it is, um, what's to stop them from putting together a nuclear tip missile and shooting it from Libya into Israel? Nothing. And then that would be the first major event uh, in the ceremony vision, um, you know, now, am I saying that that's the only thing that matters? Absolutely not. Could there be other events that are, um, you know, super duper 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 important? Absolutely. But the problem is we don't really know what they are. So we're just kind of watching to see. I am. I mean, that's what I if if I if my subconscious wakes me up. And I'm rolling around in my bed at like 2.30 a.m. in the morning, and I decide, oh, the heck with it. I'm going to pick up my phone and take a look just to see if the world's still here kind of thing. Uh, That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a nuke. 
I really don't give a rip if the Houthis bomb another ship. I really don't care if the United Kingdom flattens half of Yemen. It doesn't really matter to me. Okay, what I'm looking for is a major escalation of events that makes it unavoidable and that the world will not 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 think it over. Okay, not not that the world will think it over. We've had enough of that, that the world will be jettisoned directly into World War Three. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm looking yeah. for. I'm looking for a trigger event that's, uh, that you can't turn away from. A trigger event, which – and it can be a false flag. It can definitely be a false flag. And, um, you know, and, we, and I don't know if this is true or not, but we've had people come on the program that say that, tell us that the Lord told them that um, that event is, um, you know uh, – potentially going to be, or at least they were believing it was going to be, uh, a ground-based nuclear weapon exploding and destroying the city of Chicago. So if that happens, because uh, even the title of that particular vision was, uh, there's going to be event, an event that occurs that will start World War III, and there is nothing that can stop it. In other words, once that happens, no one's going to say, oh, you know, they didn't really mean it. Um, you know, yeah, there, there's three million people that were, you know, bombed in uh, in Chicago. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people walking around with the skin melted off their bodies. But, you know, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And then you've got that, that movie uh, with, um, oh, golly, Mel Gibson in it uh, called, uh, oh, what was the name of that movie? Um, it's so prophetic. Hold on. Mel Gibson movies. He has so many movies that whenever I do this, I have to, like, really, really hunt. Um, okay, so it's not Agent Game. It's not that. It's not Confidential. Um, hold on a second. Let me open this up all the way. All right, so it's not Panama, it's not that. Let me click more. Holy moly, this guy's been busy. My gosh, he's done a lot of movies. You should see my screen. Um, Signs, Patriot, Chicken Run, Military Dollar, da, 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 Maverick, Braveheart, Pocahontas, Ransom, um, uh, Conspiracy Theory with Julia Roberts. Where is the one I'm trying to find? Dag Nabbit. But there's one that he did that um, on the line is not it. Father Stu, Panama. Nope. Professor Madman, Force of Nature. I can't find it. I'm shocked. I'm astonished. I'm blown away. Um, yeah. I don't see it here. But um, nope, it's not here. It's not in this list. But it's um, it's one of his movies, um, and uh, and what it was about, and I I, I wish I could remember the uh, the title of it, but um, what it was about was that uh, his daughter had gotten uh, they they killed her, they killed his daughter, the evil people, and um, he was a policeman, and he, oh here it is, it's called Edge of Darkness from 2010, Edge of Darkness. 
and he was a police officer, and there was a drive-by shooting at the front of his house, and they shot his daughter. But he was convinced they were trying to shoot him because he's a cop. So he goes into an investigation over why his daughter was killed, all the while under the premise that they shot, they were trying to shoot him. And as the plot unfolds, uh, yes, this is a spoiler alert, so sorry. This is definitely a spoiler. Doesn't mean that the movie is not worth watching, because it certainly is, even with the spoiler. But um, it turns out she was working for a spook agency in Boston. And the whole purpose of this three-letter spook agency was to steal engineering diagrams and parts for Iranian nuclear missiles, for Middle Eastern nuclear missiles, for the purpose of building Middle Eastern nuclear missiles, bombs, so that they could commit a false flag and blow up an American city and the forensics investigators would say this nuclear bomb came from Iran. That was her whole that was why they hired her. And um that didn't come out until the end of the movie. And I remember I, I was so bored when I was flipping through the channels and when I saw that I was like, I don't know, I've never heard of this movie before and I just kinda said, Ah, what the heck? And I pressed the button for it to play and oh my gosh, when that plot theme unfolded, I thought I was gonna lose it. I mean I literally jumped out of my chair. I said, You gotta be kidding me. Because that's exactly what they would do if the global satanic crime syndicate, Obama, the WEF, Soros, whatever entities would be involved in our government, which is unlimited, take your pick, okay, that would set off a sum of all fears, another prophetic movie, a sum of all fears type ground-based nuke, they would first steal the design and the parts from the Middle East so that when they did the false flag, they could prove that it was from Iran or Russia or whoever else they wanted to blame. And that, I guarantee, definitely start World War III. Yeah. And now I would have said that when George Bush, through the Odessa group, sold those nuclear heads, four of them, and they had placed them under strategic points throughout the U.S. and the major city hubs. So, and that was all part of a false flag in order to get the U.S. into World War III in the very end. And that was with the turnover of the Ukraine of the nuclear weapons to the to the UN United Nations Atomic Agency, and uh, the auspices that the Ukraine would be protected in case of an invasion of Russia or any other nation. So, and yeah, 
<clears throat> so that has always been in the, in the planning for a false flag operation in one form or another. And so, yeah, we, I don't think we are far away from whatever event will trigger us into World War III. It is somewhere around the corner. Yeah, I, think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I know that everybody's on fire. I know that all, all you know, that, that all the countries have their hands on the trigger. Okay. Everybody does. So the question is, what what's going to happen? And then you got that lady. I don't know what her name is, and I don't care to know what her name is. But she she went on the one um, mainstream media channel and told everybody that you can kind of like expect a black swan event. Well, that's just a fancy way of saying a false flag event, a big, nasty, horrible event. Okay, now now you can have a black swan event that's not actually a false flag. But you know as well as I do, that's probably what they're going to do. So the question is, we don't know who's who's going to do what to who and what the end result is going to be. But there's an awful lot of experts out there that are saying that they don't think we're going to make it to the 2024 election. I don't know, though, because <clears throat> I found one of the most um, accurate prophetic sources out there to be the Simpsons, and they actually have Trump making it into the presidency. <laughs> so so if they're right, uh, he's going to make it. And then what's going to happen? That's the big question. So far, yeah, the Simpsons, in a weird way, has always been right for 90%, I think, in their predictions. So... And including and one of their, uh, I think I, it was me or one of my parts. They saw a prediction compilation of The Simpsons on YouTube about their predictive uh, programming, as as the title says, about events. And also one of the other events is that they talked about Ivanka Trump for president for 2028. So yeah, you never know. If we're here, if we're still here in 2028, you and I are gonna go bungee jumping with my frayed bungee cord. <laughs> okay, I have done bungee jumping off the top of Mount Everest. Although we're not gonna climb it, we're gonna get somebody to take us up with a helicopter. <laughs> no, not that one. Oh man. <laughs> okay. I don't even want. I can't. I can't digest that, man. Somebody says something t- to me like that, and it's like saying, John, you're going to be so old that you can't even do normal biological body functions. You're going to be so old that you're drooling constantly, and you're wearing Depends and various diapers all the time. And you're going to walk around with a cane, and you're going to drool, and you're going to go, I wonder why we're still on the earth. I thought we were going to be raptured 97 years ago. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, it doesn't even register in my mind. And you know what? If somebody had told me in 2012 that I would still be doing this radio show in the middle of January of 2024, Hmm. I don't even want to think of what I would have done. I, I don't know. I don't want to think of what I would have done. I, I, 
I, I shudder to think that I might have bought a plane ticket just to go to their house, you know, to show them my size 12 sneaker <laughs> and, in, in a really nice way. You know, hey, you see this size 12 sneaker? I can't believe you just said that to me. Oh, man. I mean, I, I used to back then in 2012, if somebody sent me a ministry you know, that said, and I, I could name them, but I'm not going to do it, <clears throat> that said, oh, these guys are really, really good. This used to happen to me all the time. I hated it. They would send it to me, and they're like, listen, these are the, the Psalms blankety-blank guys. Take a listen to their stuff. And so I'd be like, an idiot, you know, just absolutely a brain-dead, lobotomized idiot, and I would click the link because I wanted to punish myself because I was, you know, a masochistic. And I'd click the link and they would be talking about how the rapture is not going to be until 2019. We well, don't understand. This is back in 2012. You don't tell somebody like me in 2012 that I got to wait until 2019. And then to make matters even worse, even though I did listen to them, they were wrong anyways. And still here we are. Here we are. <laughs> How do they how do they know? Because the Bible says that no one knows the time or date when it will happen. Well, um, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, the phone line is ringing on line five. Hold on. <laughs> Hello, this is Harold Camping, and I'm still pretty sure that you can calculate when Jesus is coming. Do you remember that? May 11th of 2011? Do you remember it? Okay. Harold Camping? God, you don't remember? You don't remember Harold Camping? They put like, there were like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 billboards all over the United States. You couldn't really drive much more than, I don't know, 20 miles or so before you saw that Jesus is coming on May 11th of 2011. Those were the Herald Camping. Um, uh, yeah, it was. They were all over the United States. As a matter of fact, the people that were part of his church all contributed to it. So everybody emptied out their bank account because, after all, they were leaving. They didn't need the money no more. So they emptied out their bank account. They put it all together, and they went out and bought like fifty gazillion, uh, you know, um, road signs, um, you know, billboards. Oh my and, God. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, for real. There was even a group of people in an Oriental country, I don't remember where, and a bunch of them were, were following uh, that as well. And they all went to the top of a mountain uh, to get ready for Jesus to come and pick them up. And the local um, military personnel went up to the top of the mountain, cornered them, and shot them all and killed them. A lot of people got mad at Harold for that, and I never did. I I thought Harold did. Uh, I I thought it was great. I thought Harold did. Harold died mowing his lawn, as I recall. He was mowing his lawn at the age of ninety six in the front yard of his house, even after making all those mistakes. You got to tip your hat to the guy. This guy wasn't going to retire for nobody's business. <laughs> okay, it didn't matter how old he got; he was still going to do it. You know, he's still going to serve the Lord. So he took he took the uh, when, when Jesus said, "He who takes his hands off the plow and looks back is unfit for the kingdom of God." He took that scripture very seriously. 
But anyway, so I had a lot of respect for the guy, but a lot of people got mad at him and called him names and things like that, and I, I would never do that. If people want to go up to the top of a mountain and wait for Jesus to come, that's up to them. Don't be blaming somebody yeah. else for that. They made their minds up to go to the mountaintop. And you know what? If they all got shot by the local police, good. You know why? Because where are they now? In heaven, which is where I wish I was. Oh, yeah. So I want to know why I did not get the invitation to go to the top of the mountain. I would have gone with them in a snap. Well, if I could have afforded it. And if I had the vacation days. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, now, I see how other patriots ended up. Like, uh, what is the name of this ex-Naval intelligence officer? He wrote... Bill Cooper. Behold. Bill Cooper. Billy Cooper. Billy, Billy, Billy Cooper. Yeah. Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper. Or William Cooper. Yeah, yep. because he was killed. Was it 2001? Yeah. Yeah, he was killed kind of in the same way that they killed Phil Schneider. <clears throat> For speaking out the truth. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you saw that Farouk dude, didn't you? The uh, the uh, humanoid alien that was spotted yeah. at the uh, – you saw him, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so so you saw the recent publication of this Farouk dude – or no, it's Dafuk. Dafuk. You saw that. Uh, um, uh, uh, and, and, okay, cool. Um Wait a minute. So you're 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 a Facebook Messenger person. Hold on a second. Messenger dot com. Yeah, because I always Phil have to re- Snyder was killed. Although they said it was suicide, but it's a load of bullshit. But yeah, he was killed, if I recall, in nineteen ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah, something like that. It's in the um, the Prime. You have to be a member of Prime Video. And in there, uh, there's a movie called, um, it's a documentary called um, Underground, the Final, the Director's Cut. That's what it's called. Underground, the Director's Cut. And it's a documentary about Phil Schneider. And they have another one uh, about... um, What was the name of the guy that met with the great the, with the tall whites? It's on the tip of my. Um, it even it even has him meeting with Charles Hall. Charles Hall. Uh, Charles Hall. Yeah. It even has a scene with Charles Hall and his wife going to their Christian church. Is he so still around? They were Charles Hall. Yep, they were. Yeah, they were Christians and everything, and he came forward with his testimony and talked about how he would meet with the tall whites, and they had their kids on Nellis Air Force Base and a yeah. special area for kids to go and play and all that kind of stuff. It's funny how so many people study these things, but they don't study that. How did he miss that? Or did they just disregard it and say that it's not true? Because it is true. It is true. There's way too much documentation and corroborating testimony to suggest that it's not. 
<clears throat> anyway, I sent to you in your uh, Facebook Messenger a picture of that Dafuk dude. He's been around for a long time. That's the same dude that was in the uh, 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 underground, the director's cut with Phil Schneider. It's the same guy. If you look at All him, right. if you look at him real close, you can see his ears. I don't know what he is. Can you can you click on it now while you're on the phone, or can you not? Uh, let me see. Um, you call him da, da Fook. Yeah, I see. I see the picture. Yeah, he, he is bolded there. Eh? The, can, can you? The, can, uh, I see a picture. Click yeah, on with uh, a guy with bold hair, completely bold. Yeah, no, he's live. It ain't Memorex. He's live. He's looking around, checking everybody out. His head's bald as a cue ball, and he's got them really funky alien ears. See those ears? Yes. That is. Yeah, they that are is among not... us. And also, there are races from the inner earth or hollow earth that are also among us. Because yeah, I know. when I was, uh, when I worked uh, for PI40, there were, they had also a department called the Anonymous Desk, okay. and that also dealt with cryptoids or cryptids. But it was also, yeah. I also read a file, and that said that, yeah, the two highest classifications in the United States and in the Western world, or the five I countries, are had the whole alien affair, but another thing was the inner or hollow earth, and the high-tech civilizations that live there. So, yeah, that is, that is another area that are just as highly classified as the whole alien uh, hoopla. So I, I wonder with the whole thing going on on, on this top side, when they come uh, come from below and, and uh, meddle in uh, things about how we are doing our affairs over here, especially when we kind of rattle with atomic uh, missiles. Right. But beside beside that, uh, oh well, yeah. But I will send you. Uh, have you seen the interview that William Cooper did in 1992? <coughs> right. I think uh, you may still find it online. I think I'm not sure uh, on YouTube. I could be wrong, but. Uh, but yeah, that's. It's, I think you can still find it. I got it here. I will see if I can send you a link. I can't open my messenger by the look of it. Uh, I will send you later a link. But uh, yeah, that interview uh, is, I think, about two hours, an hour and a half, two hours. And. I'm still surprised you can still find it if you look for it. But uh, yeah, William Cooper and and the other one, uh, yeah, they were good uh, whistleblowers. Unfortunately, they paid the ultimate price for it. Sadly enough, and uh, right. so yeah, there has not been many uh, whistleblowers coming out after them so far. I know. Right. Unless you know of others. 
No, I don't. I'm not going to call David Crush uh, a whistleblower because he is just an operative being used by the intelligence agencies to seed uh, divert to seed more chaos. Right. So I'm not going to call Grush as a real whistleblower and all that. And then we have other so-called whistleblowers like Gory Good, who apparently has now has has patent every item he has talked about connected with the dark fleet and all the other things. So everyone, every genuine super soldier that was used could now be sued by this Gory Good when he used some of the material that he talked about. How is that right. about being an true uh, whistleblower? That shows to what me already mean? what the... <clears throat> Say again? I'm asking you to repeat yourself. <clears throat> I said about this gory good. You may have heard of him as an alleged whistleblower. Oh, I have, I have... No, I have not. Go for it. Okay. It he came it. out, I think, from 2010, I think, to David Wilcox and others about his uh, role. Uh, he was recruited in the secret space program and all that. And he has now, I think, in 2020, around that time, patent all the material he has published and all the names and everything he talked about. So if other... True whistleblowers come forward with their story. They can now be sued by him because oh, he made okay. a pattern. But that is, sorry, but that is not being a, that is such a stupid thing as a whistleblower. I thought the goal of a whistleblower is to inform the world going on behind, the, behind the scenes. And, right. not, and not like this kind of shenanigans that's going to pattern every word that you have talked about uh, about your alleged experience. That to me sounds as he is either under control by the cabal or he was fake or phony. But what is this one or the other? He also had a breakup, of course, with David Wilcox and Gaia because of all of this. But... It's such an insanity with, with with some of them. Oh yeah, and he even um, admitted apparently later in the interview that some of it was just made up out of his mind. Some of the things he said. Of course, he didn't clarify which part could be true and which part was just made up. But, uh, and you still got a lot of followers that's still defending this gory good. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, yeah, so yeah, don't have many whistleblowers out there that comes out of the secret world of super soldiers and and all that. And uh, and also not out of the MK monarch, except the ones that ending up as clients at Bride Ministry that talk about their experience. But so far, other than that, you don't have many other survivors or other people coming out with their uh, experience within the secret world of uh, the government projects. At least not that I'm aware of. 
sadly enough. Yeah. And of course, I do know. Yeah, there is of course when you come out a risk. We have seen that uh, with the two you mentioned. Now, yeah, the William Cooper and what was the other the other one's name? Bill Schneider. Um, sorry again. Was it Phil Schneider? Yes, Phil. Yeah, Phil Schneider. Yeah. So yeah, there right. is a risk when you come out. But they're going to kill you. I do yeah. believe humanity has the right to know. Right. No, and, I think it, I yeah, think you, I think the Phil Schneider and Bob Lazar testimonies, that that series of testimonies, Phil Schneider's testimonies and Bob Lazar's testimonies are two yeah. of the Bob Lazar important, is another important, one from. 89. Yeah, 89, that he first time came out. Uh, I think Anonymous, he came out first time, I think, disguised in, in voice interview, I think. But yeah, those are the true uh, testimonies. And yeah, from early 90s, they transferred all the alien projects uh, from Area 51. Uh, to the uh, underground, to the complete new underground base under the Utah mountain range. You still, they still allowed triangular ships being flown above uh, Area 51 and all that, but they started to transfer all their classified projects, yeah, from around 1991 to the Utah underground uh, base, but it's a minimal of 10 miles deep underground and it can only be reached by the necklace uh, train system uh, okay hey and uh to the listeners of the program right now <clears throat> if you feel so led <clears throat> my goodness if you feel so led and you would like to see this dafuk human humanoid alien being attending the Trump trial, um, the video of it, I have posted it now on tribulationnow.com. So if you go to tribulationnow.com, uh, it's the upper left-hand video, and you can well, take a look at him. As a matter of fact, what's interesting is that he, this entity is uh, not at all different than another uh, entity uh, that was um, – uh, at another, uh, it was some kind of a political event, and people were really, really fussing about it. They're like, "What is that?" Um, and um, so, what I'll do is, I will, uh, I'll just type in here. Here is another being. Uh, here is another. Here is another headshot of a. Uh, being of the same race uh photographed uh sorry graphed uh at another political political event okay let me just throw this in there because that way it kind of like helps people to be able to see the physical similarities these two beings both have exactly the same ears. You just have to look very, very closely. And when you do, you'll be like, well, I'll be darned. They could be cousins. They're, they're brothers from a different mother. <laughs> 
But you just look at the ears. Now, I don't know if you got your web browser up. Now, I can I can take a snapshot of this and send it to you over your Facebook since that's your that's your like home away from home. But um, but anyway, uh, here let me go ahead and update the page, and also uh, go ahead and clear the cache um, so that people can see it. But anyway, I'm going to send the uh, the other being over to you in your Facebook Messenger, Robert. This right. one was taken, this one was taken at a political event about seven years ago. Take a close look at this being. Look at the ears, and notice that he's also bald as a cue ball. It's the exact same species of being. Isn't that interesting? I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, anyway, kind of confirms all the stuff that I believe. And uh, I already know. I already know it is what it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, because of people like yourself, you know, helping us to understand. I mean, you had seen the, um, you know, the Syrians uh, on the Montauk chair, you know, when you were flying back and forth to uh, to Mars and stuff like that. So, you know, you're kind of like, a, what do they call that, a firsthand witness? Uh, what did yeah. you say they looked like? I'm not like? sure if Elena... Uh, if she, she, had, did. she uh, did, because she also was yes. a she also is a Montauk uh, girl, yes. and I'm the not sure yeah. if she has been brought to the to the Montauk base on Mars, but I was. Yes. yes. The answer is yes. She told me so. Yeah, me and her are related, by the way. But oh, all right. But yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, she also was one of the Montauk and. What the, what the writers left out, I don't know why, about the whole Montauk series, because they only talked about the Montauk boys. And when I was reading those boys, those books, I thought, wait a minute, this is a big fat lie. Because I have also seen thousands and thousands of girls. So that, that also makes you wonder oh, no, why yeah. they left it out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I read I read two Montauk books, both very thick, um, and um, it, very carefully. Okay, I wasn't doing one of them Evelyn Wood speed reading things or any of that kind of stuff. I read them very carefully, and you are correct. They spend in the books they spend an, a lot of time talking about the boys, and zero time talking about the girls. But to your point, yes, you are correct. There were plenty of girls as well. Yeah, in the thousands. So, and uh, so in none of the books and interviews and whatever they did, it was never mentioned. So that made. But I have seen some of the names that, that are mentioned in the book as programmers and and things like that. So, including this nasty little boy. Although he was older than me then, uh, as uh, Stuart, I think, try to think of his name, Swerdlow, I think is his name. Yeah, he was Swerd. a very nasty boy, as I recall. Swerd. And he was the one that brought. Swerdlow is a little dirty liar. Swerdlow is a little dirty liar. Swerdlow 
um, stole Peter's UFO video, which I have the original of. <clears throat> he called himself BP oil disaster back in 2010 when the, um, you know, the uh, BP, when the BP oil rig blew up. All right. So he made himself, yeah, made himself a nickname, BP oil disaster. And what he, his claim to fame, his claim to fame was the guy had no life. His name was Peter. He had no life, but he had a very powerful telescope. And um, and he also knew how to log in to Stereo A and Stereo B solar telescopes. And he, I don't, most people don't know this, but that Stereo A and Stereo B, that the, photo, the photography from them is, I, I don't even know how high the resolution is, but it's un. Unbelievably high. Unbelievably high. I would submit probably close to 10 million megapixels. Because he could zoom in with, he had this really great software for studying photography. And he could take a photograph from Stereo A or Stereo B, download it to his desktop, and zoom in on it like five or 600 times. And what looked like a teeny-weeny little speck of dust would blow up into the size of a, um, of a uh, uh, well, it was a Klingon warship. It was big. But, he, but you know, five, six, seven hundred times magnification. Because it looked like a speck of dust on the image. But when he zoomed in, you were going like, oh, my gosh, that's a Klingon spaceship right beside the sun. Is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Anyway, I have a I have a copy of that. I think. Hold on a second. Let me see where it is. Aliens are coming. Rapture time. I'm spiritual warfare. Let's see here. It's it's called the link is something like oh there it is. Aliens, UFOs, and fallen angels. Let's see if I can find Peter's original video. Dum-de-dum-de-dum. Dum Enormous mothership near the sun. Uh, David Adair's testimony. Fabulous. Remember David Adair? Yes. Absolutely fantastic testimony, David Adair. More in the heavens. I wonder how many of them are still alive. David Adair's still alive. Ooh, I got, the, I got uh, Phil Schneider doing the uh, underground base alien confrontation. Oh, what happened to it? Oh, no. Yeah, I seem to have lost UFOs with lasers. Oh, yep, sure enough. Sure enough. I lost the best UFO video ever. I got to, what happened was my uh, player, my, you know, back then you needed a, what's called a plugin for WordPress called an FLV player. Because all the when you would download a, a YouTube video, it came down. It didn't come down as an MP4. It came down as an FLV. So I had to install a special FLV player on my website, and that was okay. the only way I was. Yeah, it was the only way I was able to play that video. Now, 
I don't know what I would do. I, I don't know if it would work. I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. I'd, I'd have to toy around with it. But it's um, it's different when you're when you're linking to a a YouTube video on your WordPress site that's published online. All you do is you just go Control V and you put the link there, and it sucks it down off of YouTube. But the problem is, as soon as YouTube censors it, it disappears from your website. So the only way to make sure it stays on your website is you got to upload it to your website and use a special player to play it. So I've got a dork. One of these days I've got to dork around, find a YouTube player that's native to the WordPress site, and then I, and it's going to take a while. That's the problem. It ain't something I can do in like 15 or 20 minutes. And, uh, so, But anyway, I wish I could show that to you because that's absolutely mind-blowing. He zooms hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in on what appears to be a tiny little speck of dust beside the sun. And when and he keeps on zooming. And then he uses like a chroma correction, like a color correction engine on his software. And when he corrects the chroma, it is barn, absolutely a Klingon warship. It is shaped like a Klingon warship. It looks like a Klingon warship. It is symmetrical like a Klingon warship. It is a Klingon warship. Now, are there Klingons inside of it? I don't know, but it looked exactly like a Klingon warship. I, I really, yeah. I really just, yeah, you know, I don't know. But here, wait a minute, hold on a second. Let Let's see here. here Hillary Clinton's on line three. Let's see if it was a Klingon warship. Let's see. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hook more Baxikawa. Ed, she vote me. She won't. Kobe Van Shaw. Oh my god. This is disturbing. That's Hillary. I can see you as a, as a Klingon. <laughs> Can't you? Oh my god. Nine foot tall Draco reptilian? Isn't that how you figure she'd sound? The Klingon, the Klingon, in certain ways, stands model for the Dracos. Because they do what? The, the Klingons, as a race, in a way, stand model for the real life Dracos. Why is that? So, now, uh, what is the creative of Star Trek? I try to think of his name. Gene well, Roddenberry. Gene, uh, yeah, but Gene Roddenberry yeah, Gene was, he, he was close friend with a son of a vice admiral in the U.S. Navy. And that vice admiral also was involved with the U.S. Navy's secret space program. So he had access. Yeah, but Roddenberry only worked on the first series. From 1965, I think, until 72. And then he was gone. Yes. Bye-bye. And then they came out with okay. Starship, I think it was Voyager. I think it was Voyager, and it was a whole different producer. Roddenberry was out of the picture. But still, there could be notes that were left from, from his time that was written. and oh. Although probably wouldn't have said that his Klingon or whatever race is modeled after the Dracos, of course. That probably would have not left in the, in the notes. 
but for every insider, they can they can see that in certain ways the Kling, the Klingons with their whole culture are modeled after the Dracos. I, I you know it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, uh, I don't know. Nothing surprises me nowadays at all. You know, just once, I want to see Hillary Clinton shapeshift in front of all the TV cameras. Do you think that's out of the question? Now, she is hardly on TV, thank God, but is it still possible? Or does someone just catch it on uh, on their cell phones? Well, you know, she's been gone. happens... It doesn't mean even if you film it that you will see it as it happens because the frequency right. in which you say gift is much higher than the frequency that your phone carries or can film. Right. Yeah, so kind of even a if it happens before your camera, it doesn't mean that your camera catches completely. Right. You're talking about like uh, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind and how every time they filmed the, filmed the aliens – it went to like snow. It went whoosh. And you could never see yeah. the aliens. Yeah, because they have distortion. Yeah. yeah, the distortion. Well, anyway, so, we have come to the bottom of the hour on this particular program, my brother. And I was wondering if you wanted to go ahead and close with a prayer for us tonight. This has been a very yeah. interesting I, uh, discussion, as always. Praise God. But do you know what this thing is? But I see on, on this side of yours, McCarty states he is the chosen as the designated survivor in continuity of government. How arrogant is that to say about yourself, especially if you are part of the deep state? Oh, you're talking about Meathead that got deposed off of the speaker, McCarthy? Yes. Yeah, McCarthy. Well, so so check it out. So. The only reason he said that, Robert, was because technically, technically, the Speaker of the House is automatically, automatically the designated survivor. It doesn't yeah, mean that no he was. No, it, it is. It's written in Moses's tablets. Okay, on the if you take Moses's tablets. You look at the Ten Commandments, you flip them over, and it says, if something happens to the President of the United States, the Speaker of the House becomes the President. So when he said that, he wasn't being a bonehead. He was just simply telling the truth. It's the law. It's federal law. Yeah, except he is not any more uh, in this case than speaker, but when was he disposed of speaker? Because this article said October 21st, 2023. Was he exposed yeah. after, uh, deposed after that date? Deposed I don't know. The head? Yeah, I don't know. Because on your website it says October 21st, 2023 that it was posted so but that doesn't mean uh, that just means that's when i pressed the magic button okay and said so it must be the interview must have been made or he must have said that 
when he was still then head of, uh, he was still speaker of the house then. Because yeah, he has been dis disposed by another uh, idiot that is part of the deep state. But yeah. Yeah, you're probably talking about Johnson. Say again? You're probably talking about Johnson. You're talking about Johnson. However, we are in overtime now, and I want yes, to give you hugs and kisses, will, uh, holy kisses, and ask you if you can close with a prayer for us tonight, because unfortunately, my sorry hiney cheek has to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go all right, with okay. a, smiley, a smiley, happy face to work. Yay, all right, I'm going okay. to... Again. But anyway, thank you so much. This was a very, it was a fun show as it always is. God bless you. Thank you so much, Robert. You're welcome. And Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you uh, as you are our sovereign Lord and Savior. And I ask you to protect everyone that works on the show. I ask you to protect Danny, uh, John Daly and his assistant and everyone else uh, that works on this today and in the days and weeks to come, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to protect and keep their eyes and ears open of every listener that listens today, today to it and that will listen in the days and possibly in the weeks ahead. And keep also our world leaders, keep their eyes and ears open and their hearts open so that they don't do any idiot things, Lord Jesus Christ, by blowing up this, this planet. So we ask you also to keep them under your uh, guidance, Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah, we ask you to uh, to give light and love to everyone out there that needs your love and light and guidance, Lord Jesus Christ, especially people that ask you to come in their lives. And as you are the only one that can heal us, Lord Jesus Christ, in your holy and sacred name. And keep everyone out there safe. In your holy and sacred name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Robert, for coming on tonight. Sorry I ran over 15 minutes past the hour because of the insane amount of uh, apocalyptic headlines. I can never catch up. Uh, and uh, and I appreciate your patience. It's, it's getting worse every single time. Every three days, it's worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, and the funny thing is, is I don't play everything. I only play the most important, the absolute must-have items. And I'm st I still got 12 of them left at the end of every program. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you, Robert. I'm already looking forward to, to you joining us again next month. If we're still here, hopefully we're not. Uh, and uh, and just, you know, to all of you uh, that are listening to the program right now, we'll see you Friday night at 7 p.m. for the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, Lord willing. God bless you all. Thank you, Robert. You're welcome, and take care.
for they shall see my glory.